The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, guys? My Take Radio, episode 231 for Thursday, June 5th, 2014. I'm your host, Rich, and our caller number is 347-324-3541. Again, that caller number, 347-324-3541. You can always use our feedback line, 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. Couple of ways you can listen to the show. If you're tuning in live, you can watch, chat, and listen live at mtrlive.com. If you're on the GFQ network, you can use gfqlive.tv. If you don't have access to a computer, you can use our dial-in number and just don't hit option one to enter the caller queue and you can enjoy the show that way. If you're a first time listener, My Take Radio is a variety show covering mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, video games, and entertainment. Language is a little coarse, so it is rated M for mature. All right, so let's get some housekeeping out of the way. There's a lot to discuss this week, and we got a couple of guests joining us. We got Ben joining us for MMA. Uh, Jay and John Blade will probably be joining us for this week's wrestling segment, and I'm sure Slick is going to be joining us for gaming as we start preparing for the road to E3, which is going to be jam-packed with a bunch of news next week. Uh, multiple outlets are going to be doing their announcements, Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, various publishers. So we're going to try and give you the most content possible over the next few days next week. In addition to that, our coverage for the outdoor tech event will be up on the YouTube channel later on this weekend. And of course, the MTR show for this week should be up on the site and available via archived within the next 48 hours after broadcast. All right. So couple of things we got to put out there. Uh, first and foremost, I uh, got to acknowledge our friends from Patreon, uh, Javon Lewis, for his donation for our Patreon campaign. If you want a hand in helping MTR grow and don't want to rely on advertisers or any of that and you want to have a direct involvement, feel free to contribute to our Patreon campaign, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com. And you can donate as little as a dollar to as much as five dollars. A dollar gets you an on air shout out. Like our friend Javon Lewis, $5 will get you a credit in the show, in the show credits on video. So you'll be able to see that on our YouTube channel if you go with $5 per episode. Again, not mandatory, but if you want a hand in helping MTR grow, make sure to check out our Patreon campaign. 
All right. So with that said, last week's show, we got a lot of awesome feedback, a lot of great people hitting us up on Twitter, Facebook, various outlets, just because everybody had a blast. Of course, we were we, we had a great wrestling conversation last week. Uh, we're going to continue that momentum, of course, going into this week with like Ben making his return after a long absence uh, to talk some MMA. We got lots to discuss on the MMA front. We had two UFC events this past weekend. And of course, on the wrestling side of things, we got the very, very, very controversial episode of Raw. A lot of people were torn about how to feel about, you know, the incident with Seth Rollins. We'll be talking about that. And of course, on the gaming side of things, we got the gaming news for the week. We'll get into a little P3, uh, excuse me, a little pre-E3 conversation and, of course, your entertainment news for this week. As always, we invite you, the listeners, to become involved. Hit us up, 347-324-3541, or feel free to interact in the chat as well. Um, a couple of things. We got a brand new advertiser this week. Our friends at Superhero Stuff gave us a promo code exclusive to My Take Radio viewers and listeners, which we will be sharing with you guys during our entertainment segment. So definitely welcome superhero stuff to my take radios on air advertising roster. So be on the lookout for that promo code. If you're a fan of superhero shirts like this and various other bits of superhero merchandise, we'll get into that later on. Okay. So a couple of announcements I got to get out of the way. Besides that stuff, our broadcast schedule for this week, as of this Thursday, all the way through probably the 19th, will be our regular day and time, Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. But the week of the 23rd, um, we will be covering Consumer Electronics Week. There may not be a live show that week, but we're going to probably work on a couple of different bits of content to keep everybody's juices flowing in the event that, you know, they miss they miss hearing my rantings and ravings uh, that final week of the month. Uh, we got a couple of episodes of my take radios beyond the mic and my take radios behind the mic also heading your way. Uh, we're going to be recording one next week with stand up comedian Hugh Daniel Murray, the fourth uh, local comedian here in New York City. Uh, really cool ass dude. I am. A, I really like reading his blogs. They're very awesome. And I figured I'd share his work with you guys. And of course, those interviews are available first to our my take radio app owners so if you have an android ios or windows device you can pick it up for a dollar 99 we're going to be working on a brand new mtr app in the next few weeks which once i get all the details finalized i will be able to share it with you guys so we got a lot going on june is going to be a wild month so let's get the ball rolling i know we got some mma to discuss and i know ben is itching to pull the trigger so let's get that ball rolling shall we As always, My Take Radio's MMA segment is brought to you by our friends at MMA Warehouse. You want some of the latest, greatest training gear, including rash guards, fight shorts, your favorite MMA t-shirts. Make sure to check out our friends at MMAWarehouse.com. They have plenty of advertising on MyTakeRadio.com, which you can check out for promo codes and discounts. Again, MMAWarehouse.com. All right, so this week, we got some some crazy MMA stuff going on. We got some controversy with John Jones. As usual, uh, we got two UFC cards. We got a ton of other news and making his return, of course, is the one and only blackout 89 himself. Our very own Ben making a return 
back to the airwaves. Let me bring him on. Big Ben, what's up? What's up, man? Welcome back. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Dude, of course, you come back just in time. Primetime madness going on in the world of mixed martial arts. We got all kinds of shenanigans. We got John Jones wanting to fight Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier wanting to fight Alexander Gustafson. Dana White wanting somebody to fight. Uh, we got we got a ton of stuff. But before we get into that, which, of course, was, was the big news mm-hmm. story this week, we got a twofer this past weekend. UFC Fight Night 41 was on... On, you know, on the UFC app, and then they hit us with the tough Brazil finale on the live broadcast. And I was a little bummed out. I actually wanted that to be in reverse, where we get UFC Fight Night 41 live and the tough Brazil finale mm-hmm. I could have dealt with on UFC Fight Pass, considering they aired the whole season on there. So what's the big fucking deal? Yeah, I, I'm being honest. I did not see. I, I saw like the main events. But, like, I went down those cars, and I was just like, these are not really worth watching. Nope. <laughs> there was a bunch of fights on there that weren't really worth watching except the main events. Well, that's the thing, too. You look at it, there was a lot of crazy fights. I mean, I got to talk about C.B. Dalloway and Francis Carmont from from the um, the UFC Fight Pass card. I really, I was really surprised how good that fight was. I was also surprised how C.B. Dalloway kind of stepped his trash-talking game up, taking a little bit of a cue from our friends, the Diaz brothers, and, um, you know, they did their thing. It, it, was, it was a solid fight. A lot of trash talking. Francis Carmont showing some personality. Um, it, how, how do you feel about either one of these guys? I think Francis Carmont is a guy who just needs to string a couple of wins together. I really feel that they do the hard sell with him. CB Dalloway, you know, Jason mm-hmm. Bourne 2.0 has kind of just been floating around in the middleweight division for a bit, but. Francis Carmont, every time he fights, there's always like a bit of, oh, you know, this guy, he's on the cusp. You know, they're really digging him. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with, one, he's joined, he's trying to join something here. Two, he looks like an action figure. Um, <laughs> Francis Carmont is a decent fighter. Uh, I, some of the his um, some of the fights that he won um, before he, he lost to Jacare, uh, I thought he clearly lost. But he's a decent fighter. I think he's a good, like, you know, gatekeeper to the star style middleweight. Uh, C.B. Dalloway, I don't know what the case is with him because there's times where he looks great and there's other times where he looks absolutely horrible. Right. Um. He he his cardio is terrible. Um. <laughs> I was surprised he was good in this fight because there's been fights where he's winning, but he's incredibly tired while winning, and True. it's just it's hard to watch. So I don't know, I don't know where either one of these guys go as far as the top tier middleweights because I think I I think they both get busted up pretty bad by top tier middleweights. No, it's true. I think um, one of the things that got me was just the fact that, um, you know, they the thing that got me with this fight was that everybody's talking about, oh, you know, C.B. Dalloway pulling the Diaz brothers. And it's like you guys were worried more about the showmanship than the fight itself, which, you know, really got my attention. But overall, the card minus that and the main event, I felt I'm like, really, this this was it. And this goes back to what we talked about before you went on, you know, on, on your hiatus, which was the fact that it's it's a lot of guys. They haven't marketed any of them correctly. And then they want that. They want you to invest this money. Now, Mark Munoz, Gegar Musasi, you know, I, I like Gegar Musasi. He's a guy that is is a legit badass dude. He went in there and he ragdolled Mark Munoz. He made Mark Munoz look like an amateur. But you have to also consider yep. you're dealing you're dealing with a guy that's thirty four and four versus a guy that's thirteen and four, you know? 
I was still really surprised by how easily he beat Mark Munoz. Mark Munoz is a very good middleweight. Um, Gaylord Musasi, depending on how motivated, how much he seems to actually care about who he's fighting, uh, can be a very good middleweight or light heavyweight. And I, I was I was really impressed by uh, how how he basically just beat the hell out of Mark Munoz, uh, really really easily. Uh, I think Musasi at one eighty five could be a real problem. Yep. Um, I think he has uh, good striking and a really good jiu-jitsu game, and, and he's, he's a decent he's a decent grappler. So I, I think I think he could be really really good at 185 at 185, not at 205. No, no, no. He's way bigger, and I think he get hurt up there. But um, I think at 185 in the UFC he can be a real threat. They definitely take his lunch money at 205, just because he the guys at 205 that we're seeing are just just animals, just huge like. There's no better example than Anthony Rumble Johnson. It's like that dude fights at 205, and it's like that guy is a massive human being. Which, it, it, <laughs> it, when I saw him, because he's fought as high as heavyweight now. Yep. Like, when you see him, and then remember, he fought at 170. Like, how did you get your body to do that? <laughs> he is huge. Dude's a legit so, superhero, I mean, man. It's crazy. Yeah, this dude's a legit walking around at 240 pounds. Yep. Like, you, and you, you got down to 170. It's crazy to me. But, uh, yeah, um, yeah, I think Musashi is going to be a real problem at 185, though, for a lot of people. I'm really, I'm really hyped to see, to see what they do with him. You know, Musashi's one of those guys that we, he, he's like the MMA wish list guy. You know, when you look at, a at, um, like, like, like counter move MMA when you do like fantasy MMA and you're trying to get paid, you know, Musashi is going to be a sure thing either because he's going to go out there and, and deliver a solid performance or he's going to go out there and choke somebody out real quick. Like he's got the hands, he's got, you know, he's got the hands, he's mm-hmm. got the submission. So he's always a guy that you can, you can bid on, you can bet on with, with a pretty good conversion rate. You can, you could get paid with his fights. Yeah. Um, I would love, I would love to see him go up against Luke Rockhold. I, I think they'll probably hold off on that fight for a while because you don't want to uh, eliminate the contender. But I would love to see him fight Luke Rockhold or yep. somebody like that because I think those, um, I think it's going to end up being like three dudes in middleweight, three younger dudes in middleweight really running it and Chris Wilder and Luke Rockhold and Gagar Musafi because they, they're the three new young blood guys. Like I don't see really anybody else in middleweight right now since Anderson, uh, retired that really, I think even poses a threat to Chris Wyman except Musashi and um, Rocco. So I think those guys are going to be the the three head of the middleweight, and I'm, I really want to see them. I want to see them fight each other. <laughs> oh yeah, I need I need to see that. I mean, you know, those are guys, and not only that, but there's the specter of Paul Daly. And before we get into the other card from Saturday, I wanted to talk about that because you know Dana White said he got a letter from his management talking about, oh yeah, you know, Daly's Daly's come a long way. Blah blah blah, you know, and and Dana's like, I don't know, etc. 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 Do we need Paul Daly to kind of get UFC back in the mainstream? You know what I mean? Like, do we like when you talk about guys that yeah. that'll generate a buzz? Is Paul Daly that guy? I would, I would love to see Paul Daly back because even people forget when he was in the UFC, that fight to fight Kasha was a title eliminator. Yep, like Daly was right at the cusp of fighting for a title. That's right. Uh, is he a flawed fighter? Yes. Is he a hothead? Yes. Do I think he was kind of goaded into doing that? Absolutely. Because it's Koscheck, and you and you can only imagine what he was saying to him while he was holding him down. Exactly. Yes. But you can't you can't attack people. You, you can't do that. 
you can't give a bullshit excuse like you you thought the fight was still going. Yeah, no. Or whatever ridiculous excuse you gave. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's but, an octagon full um, of people. How'd you not how'd you not know the fight wasn't over? Yeah, like he got up <laughs> and was walking away from you. It like it is I think it's time to forgive him, especially when you got guys like Abel Trujillo, who's in the UFC. Been arrested twice for domestic abuse. Like you, you got actual criminals in the UFC. <laughs> sad but true, um, man. Sad that, but true. That are getting, huh? No, you're you're 100 percent right. I said it's sad but true. Yeah, and I mean Bailey is kind of a criminal, but he, he's a little bit of you know bar fighter kind of crimes. But you know, I, I hope I hope he gets a chance back in the UFC because I would love to see him back because he was he was one of my favorite fighters in the UFC. I was hoping he would get his opportunity in Bellator, but. Bellator has got their own issues. Um, yeah. I was hoping he'd get an opportunity to do good things there, but um, I, I would love to see David get a, a second chance at UFC, and I think eventually he will if he keeps winning fights. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to see that. I mean, it's it's tough for Dana White. I know he's in a very unique situation, but this is another thing, too. You going out there, and as soon as you say, this guy's never coming back, and then, of course, you're like, yo, I'm going to bring this dude back. Yeah. It, it's it's the same shit as always, you know? Yeah, that, that's the problem with that. I mean... Damon has said people will never fight in the like everybody who was in the UFC or the uh, EA Sports fighting um, MMA game. Oh, none of these guys will ever fight in the UFC. Like he said that most of them are now in the UFC. But like, if he can go back on his word, I mean, as long as you spend in PR wise where he's redeemed himself, he's winning fights, you know, he's sorry for it, blah, blah, blah. People will get over it. Nobody's going to hold his feet to the fire if he brings David back. Like nobody will be that. Nobody will be upset. <laughs> Well, it's also about that money, you know. It, it, it's the fact that right now we've talked about this at length. We are we're dealing with no stars, like no real, not, not to say no real stars, but not a roster where every fight is a, is a fight full of hitters, you know. And guys like Daly, guys like Nick Diaz, um, you know, those guys they kind of hold the keys to the kingdom right now. The only problem is that Dana White. He's he's so committed to the old guard, to the Anderson Silvas and the GSPs, and the, the and here's the thing: GSP, Anderson Silva, Ronda Rousey, Dana White, super committed. All his other champions, not so much. Last week, I would have given anything to have you on last week. How is TJ Dillashaw your champion, and he's not in your game? Um, well, <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't really blame EA Sports for that. Because before he got this title shot, he wasn't really. He, you, they, they leave fighters out the game. Like the, yep. the big, the, if you're not a big name fighter, they're gonna probably leave you out the game. So I don't necessarily blame them for that. Should they remedy that as soon as possible? Yes, yep. it'll probably be like one of the first DLC packs. I hope or something so. Where you get TJ Dillashaw. off. Yeah, because it's um, like I saw oh, it. I was like, with, damn. Uh, the, oh yeah. Speaking of fight, uh, speaking of champions, uh, the John Jones Gustafson fight has been set for September 27th, 27th in Toronto. There you go. You know what yeah, that's now. You know what that's called? How many zeros do you need on this check? <laughs> Basically. Well, uh, but yeah, I mean, the UFC right now, just like like we were saying before we get to John Jones stuff, like like you were saying, like uh, the UFC right now doesn't have a whole lot of stars. It, nope. And it doesn't also help that they got to put on a million cards. Yep. Um. Yep. So I. I think I don't think the UFC is hemorrhaging money or, or hurting really, but they do need to build some stars, and absolutely they aren't doing the greatest of job of it when you are verbally assaulting your best fighter and calling him a coward. Verbally because, assaulting all of your fighters because you know what it is. This is a trend, and we've talked about this before, where it's like, oh yeah, you know, 
uh, this guy doesn't want to do this, and this guy doesn't want to do that, and this guy doesn't want to do this. And it's like, dude, how about this? How about you run the promotion, stop airing this stuff out in public, because it makes you guys look amateur. Don't get me wrong. When we when MLB has its problems, when the NFL has its problems, when the NBA has its problems, yeah, if it gets out publicly, that's great, but they don't go out of their way to sell it, you know? Like, great example. Yeah. Donald Sterling said what he said. NBA super pissed off. Mm-hmm. The league super pissed off. But even though it was a huge news story, the NBA is like, yo, we're gonna take care of it. You know what I mean? They weren't they weren't giving you the play by play, like this is what we did this week, and this is what we did the following week. And we called them and we said this. It was like, yo, this is this is the, the course of action we're gonna take. And that was it, and we moved on. Same thing with A-Rod. When A-Rod was like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do my suspension. And MLB is like, look, you're going to do your suspension or or we're going to have a problem. And before you knew it, before it was said and done, it just got real quiet. The dude is serving his suspension and he's just chilling. The the, the yeah, UFC right. got to take cues yeah. from that. It's like we don't need to know every bad thing that's happening. I understand transparency, but we're beyond transparency at this point. And honestly, it's not a bad thing. Like, the situation with John Jones didn't have to become a negative. Nope. Could have been all. a positive. <laughs> it, all it is is a, it's a contract negotiation. Yep. The UFC's mistake, the big mistake to me that the UFC made was when they announced the fight before they got John Jones to Absolutely. sign the contract. Yep. Don't say a fucking there thing. There was no reason. You, yeah, you don't. You All you, all you got to do is put your event. You have it in an event. Yep. They do this all the time. They have events set for like December. No fights are on it yet. Yep. You're, all you got to say is we're targeting the we're targeting a John Jones title defense for them. Yep. Bam. That's all you got to say. We're working on the contract right now. Then you instead they got Gustafson out here talking all breezy. Uh, you got John Jones getting upset on his uh, Instagram talking about <laughs> it's my career and and I actually agree with some of what John Jones had to say there. But I mean, and and then you got the MMA meathead fans. When you say stuff like that, they automatically oh he's scared. Oh he's this. He's that. You 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 damage your champion. Yep. By going this way, like you don't see the people who run because Floyd Mayweather. You don't see the people who run Floyd Mayweather's career going around saying he's scared of Manny Pacquiao. Nope. Like you don't see them doing that. Well, you know <laughs> like what? The, you have to promote your fighters. Well, the other thing also is that, and, and you know, I'm glad you bring up something like Man, the Manny Pacquiao situation. These are guys that once you strip away management, these guys are they they are businessmen like you don't think john jones yeah. and gustafson have spoke about this outside of out think about it think about the last fight they had and they sitting in that hospital it's like yo we made a, we made a lot of money tonight you know what i mean like, like they knew they were gonna fight again right and that's what i mean like business like people don't understand and this is why sometimes i get angry with 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 fans because it's like you guys don't understand these guys there's there's guys that legitimately hate each other i.e chael and vanderlei then there's guys that they manufacture heat to get paid. Again, i.e. chael. But then there are guys that that view this sport as a business. You know, training camp is, it is. is you know, training camp is punching the clock and going to work. And the fight time is bonus time. The hardest part is the training. You know, the fight is 15 minutes or 25 minutes. Then you walk out and that's it. And this is where I feel that the organization is losing control because it's like, oh shit, you know, this guy said this, that guy said that. Like, like I honestly feel that Gustafson was doing the right thing because he was promoting the fight. 
Period. Because yeah, I have, no, I have no pro- those guys both no knew it was coming. No, and and you know, with Cormier, see, Cormier is funny because Cormier, he's learning how to trash talk now. He's like, he's like going to the Rashad Evans school of shit talking. So <laughs> he figures, <laughs> yo, I'm just gonna say I'll fight a dude for an interim belt just to see what will happen. <laughs> you know, like like he just threw out like the most random shit. Like, oh, I'm gonna fight this guy for an interim belt if John Jones don't want to fight. I'm like, do you hear yourself? He's not injured. He's just talking. He <laughs> wants to keep his name. He, he, he's trying to keep his name right. in the pot, which he basically did. He mm-hmm. kept his name in the pot because John Jones was like, I, I was like, I want to fight Cormier. Yep. And I, I personally, I want to see that fight. I also want to see the Gustafson fight, too. So Need the Gustafson fight, hey, bro. They're going to do both. They, they're going to do both fights. Uh, well, well, hopefully, if John Jones wins, they're going to do both fights. Absolutely. So we'll see, but. But you, you you don't need to throw your champion under the bus like that. That's my whole thing. Well, the thing the thing that gets me is this. It's like let these guys hype up the card themselves because I'll be honest, Dana White, when it comes to promoting like John Jones fights, he sucks at it. Like Joe Rogan does a better job of promoting those fights than than the boss does. Let these guys let let them mix it up. Let them mix it up on social media. Let them mix it up on on Twitter. Let them mix it up on Facebook. At the end of the day. Whether Jones fights Gustafson or Cormier, the fact is two men will enter, one man walks out with the belt, and any one of those three guys as champion isn't bad, you know? So it's like, it's like, dude, let, let these guys sell the fight themselves. Let Cormier, you know, talk his shit while he's, while he's having, you know, some, 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 uh, some shrimp baskets from Popeyes. Let Gustafson do what he got to do and just pay Jones what he's, you know, what he's got to get paid. And let them fight. Don't sell the fight. Let those guys do it. That's one of the reasons why, like, I like how Chael does it. Chael just starts talking shit as soon as they tell him, yo, you're going to be fighting this guy. You you remember you remember when he was like, yo, Vandalay's going to bail. And he started talking shit to Rich Franklin. Rich Franklin. It's like, it's like, really? You're, you're going to talk? But it's like, Chael, you might have to fight Rich Franklin. He's like, fuck it. Let me get that ball rolling. You know, that's 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 how the shit works. But Dana White, he wants to have his fingers in too many pots. And it's like, dude, let these guys sell it. Let them sell it. Your job as a promoter is to sell tickets, not to sell fighters, sell tickets. Like the, the like 205 right now is way too stacked for, for you to even have to sweat selling it, you know? I don't even think it, it's selling it. I think Dana White gets so emotionally invested in people not doing what he wants them to yep. do that he then lashes out in public. Absolutely. This is, a, this is a sport, and I don't, I don't think I don't think the UFC has caught on to the fact <clears throat> that at some point, and it might not even be John Jones, but at some point, there's going to be a fighter that they piss off and is able to promote his own fights. Yep. He he'll just leave the company and promote his own fights, and you really don't want that to happen because then you get into stuff like boxing, where you have just you know this dude promoting their own fights. Like like Floyd Mayweather promotes his own fights. That's right. He, he got him promoting his own fights, holding holding a belt, and then you know people are you you're splitting your audience. That's right. There's no need <clears throat> to make it that way. He just needs. I don't know. At some point, Dan White's got gotta calm that down. Well, I want I want to switch gears. We'll circle back to that. I want to talk about the um the tough finale. Um, I was thoroughly impressed with both mm-hmm. finale fights. Um, mm-hmm. the middleweight fight and the heavyweight fight. I do feel that both fights. Mm-hmm. Um. While they were very good, I did feel the middleweights were just a little hungrier. The heavyweights were more methodical. And again, it just shows the effectiveness of Chael as a coach 
because those guys looked really good out there for their fights. Yeah, I mean, all, all the <clears throat> excuse me, all those fights did were good. Um, those two heavyweights don't even, I, I, from what I understand, neither one of them are really heavyweights. Nope. I think one's moving down to like 185 and one's moving down to like 170. Yep. Which is insane to me that they were still both fighting a heavyweight, but then again, you have Rashad Evans who was fighting at 205. <laughs> That's right. On the show, um, or, uh, heavy, wonderful show at heavyweight. So, um, I, I'm, I, I think, I think it, um, it was a good, it was a good, uh, they, those were good fights. Um, and they were better. They were both better than I expected, to be honest. So, Absolutely, it was a fight, though. So Fabio Maldonado stepped in on short notice to take on Stipe Miocic. Uh, Stipe not fucking around <laughs> in that fight. He came in, ding ding, night night, and that was it. And it was it was crazy because you know Stipe. I know I know this guy's body of work from him doing um, Fight Insight Radio. He showed up with. Uh, uh, our friend Spill Bag of Ice and, and Gary Friedman, he was just a cool dude, real humble, but real hungry. Like, he's like, yeah, man, I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to try and, and make a statement. And, and not for nothing, you know, guys running on 11 and 1 before this fight, <laughs> fighting a guy who's, who was 21 yeah. and 6 on short notice. It's like, it went in there at 35 seconds, nighty night. You know, I hit you, you hit the ground. That was it. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, Insane. Like, I mean, I expected it. I didn't, I didn't expect any sort of greatness from that fight, but I was, I was surprised at how easily he knocked him out considering the kind of damage that I've seen, uh, him take before. Right. But it, it was sad. I mean, but that shows the real, that shows the power difference between a heavyweight and a light heavyweight. Absolutely. So, well, the thing that got me also was it, just it, the... was, it was short. <laughs> Well, the thing that got me was, remember, he was supposed to fight JDS. I just said to myself, what kind of a war would that have been? Yeah, I, I, re I really, I really, really hope that at some point they um, um, do get to do that fight. Absolutely. Um, because I, I would love to see JDS further speak with my Because, I mean, honestly, I don't know what JDS, uh, I don't know. I don't know how long JDS is one going to be a heavyweight. Because I think at some point he's going to go down 205. Um and I, you, you got to do something with him. And I, I was just—I would really like to see that fight with him. It, it would be a good fight. You think JDS could make that cut to two hundred five? I've heard he could. Like I've heard, hmm. like uh, uh, I've read a couple articles and stuff that he thought about it before. And I don't think he's long for heavyweight. Like after you lose like that to the champion twice, like just get demolished twice, <laughs> it might be a time for a change. Because like, I mean, it ain't like Kane is about to lose the belt anytime soon. Kane, Kane got, you know what the funny thing is with Kane, Kane, there's a lot of heavyweight guys, but there's not a heavyweight guy that's really like, oh shit, that guy's going to really be that guy. You know what I mean? Like everybody was like, oh, it's going to yeah, be, like, you know, everybody was like, oh, Brock Lesnar this, and Kane, Kane ran through Brock Lesnar, we know that. Everybody's like, oh, Alistair Overing, yeah, let's not even have that conversation. You know what I mean? Et cetera, et cetera. So you start crossing these guys out, it's like, yo, who does Kane have left? Not too many guys, and most of them are rematches. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't see, I really, I really don't see what, um, anyone can do to Kane right now. Uh, the only thing I think that could really hurt him is maybe like, cause he does tend to get like injured. Yep. So maybe some sort of injury. But, um, outside of that, I, I really don't see, uh, another heavyweight right now, uh, that can really do anything to him. Well, while we're on the subject of heavyweights, we can actually, um, segue right into this week's MMA news. 
uh, MMA Fighting was saying that mm. they're putting together Mark Hunt and Roy Nelson in Japan. And I, I just, you know, my, I died inside when I heard that because I said somebody, somebody's getting killed that night. <laughs> there's, there's no negotiating there. There's no finesse. It's nothing pretty. Somebody's getting killed that night. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that should be a really, 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 really bloody, violent, <laughs> brain damaging fight. Um, because those dudes just throw bombs. I think I, I can see Roy Nelson winning it though, and maybe yep. like if he could take it to the ground. Like I, I legit think he he can win the fight, but it, it should be a really, 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 really good fight. The promotion for that fight is Roy Nelson rubbing his belly and Mark Hunt. Are you ready? Yup. You think you could beat Roy Nelson? Yup. <laughs> are you gonna knock him out? Yup. Mark Hunt is like <laughs> the most calm dude <laughs> with everything. Yup. <laughs> yep. That's it. <laughs> he, there's like no emotion for Mark Hunt ever. Dude, you he missed it last in the face, there's no emotion, so you missed it last week. I went ham with um you know, them talking about Robbie Lawler and Matt Brown, which is which is again just a, a symphony of violence. That's what I was saying last week. Just it's exactly it, it it's gonna be what Mark Hunt and Roy Nelson's gonna be just at a lighter weight class. Uh actually the see I th- well I don't even think it's gonna be that way. Like that fight, the Mark Hunt run um one else's fight, it's gonna be a war. I don't see the Matt Brown Bobby Lawler fight being a war. You don't I think see so? it being very one sided. Really? Yeah, it, and it, I have a reason for saying that. Like, Matt Brown is a great fighter. Matt Brown hurts people. Yep. That's what he does. But in a lot of his fight he fights he gets hurt and also on his win streak, he hasn't fought anybody who cracks like Robbie Lawler does. <laughs> he was getting hurt for the body after getting beat, beating the hell out of Eric Silva, he was getting hurt to the body. Yep. I think if Robbie Lawler like just is able to just counter punch and land something hard, I think he could legit just end this winning streak from Matt Brown because I think he's a better, I think he's a better technical striker all around. Well, you know his corner is going to be yelling "body, body, head" <laughs> based on on tape. They're going to be like, "Work that body now, now, now." That's that's all it's going to be. Now the thing is, you know, Johnny Hendricks like, yeah, I'll fight either one of them. Now, playing devil's advocate, you think if Robbie Lawler gets that mm-hmm. rematch, he can take that belt off of Hendricks? I kind of think he could. I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think he won the last, well, I don't <laughs> think he won it outright the last fight. I think he did a very good job, um, and I think it was a very close fight. I think he could. I don't think Matt Brown could. Interesting. I, I don't think Matt Brown could in the fighters. Oh, yeah, well, well, Johnny Johnny Hendricks, uh, you know, power, hand hand power is ridiculous you know that he's on that he's on the same thing what you were saying with Robbie Lawler that guy it's it's you know it's it's napalm fist city yeah so I mean I'm I, I don't know I gotta I, I gotta see when the fight starts but I think it should be a good fight well I gotta talk about Chael and Vanderlei everybody's talking about you know the Chael and Vanderlei situation Chael fighting Vitor um couple of things first uh, the fight was originally going to be contested at 205 now it's going to be at 185 and then they were saying that if Vitor can't be licensed, there's no plan B, which is crazy. Then Joe Rogan drops Joe Rogan drops a nugget of information that nobody ran away with. Um, he was saying that Vitor failed a random drug test in February, and that's what led to the end of TRT exemptions in MMA, which is fucking bananas. <laughs> it's like it's like yo Joe Rogan just dropped napalm. And nobody really ran away with it. He's like, yo, the dude pissed hot and they, that, that just, that killed it for everybody. And I'm curious because you got Chael who used to be on TRT, 
he's good, you know, and 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 he's he's good to fight. Uh, Hendo off TRT, he fought. Don't get me wrong, he didn't win, but still, you know, what I mean, these guys are moving on past TRT. Now in Vitor's case, the guy still got to get licensed. Dana White to to go with what you were saying before, you know, putting the cart before the horse. Oh, we're gonna set up this fight with Chael and Vitor. What the fuck are you gonna do if the guy doesn't get licensed? <laughs> I. First of all, I think they should stop hitching any wagons to Vitor. Yep. Ever. Absolutely. Uh, Vitor is, if anyone is uh, using steroids, it's Vitor Belfort. Absolutely. Um, or abusing TRT, it's Vitor Belfort. Damn right. Um, that That's just, he is a special breed of <laughs> cheater. But... <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hitch any wagons with Vitor Belfort. Uh, I don't know what they're gonna do with Chell if uh, Vitor fails the test. Because I would be, I would be, I would be more surprised if he didn't fail the test. To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> you and me both. And you know what? So, it, it it bums me out because that Vanderlei and Chell fight. Come on, man! The amount of hype that they put into that fight. The fact that they beat the they they were they they went to they came to blows during the season of the show. Like legitimate, you know, every season the coaches almost come close, you know, in some instances like Tito and Ken were super close, but it never got to the point where, yo, we're going to scrap in advance. Like it never got to that point. And then, you know, his coaches snuffing Chael in the back of the head. You know, I mean, it was just it was some real some some real hood shit going on during that season. And for it to just abruptly not even happen because of just, you know, Vanderlei and whatever issues he's got going on and. It's just, it was just a crazy season, you know? Yeah, and I mean, you can't blame anybody but Vanderlei. I, I don't know what the hell is going on with Vanderlei for him to, bait, I, I don't know, run from the drug testers or whatever the hell he was doing. Yep. But you can't blame anyone but Vanderlei. I well, mean, that's it. I, I don't know. So I, I don't know. As upset, as, you know, as a fan, I was just super upset. And then, like I said, you throw in this fight with Vitor, then you start talking about title implications. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. What the fuck is going on? It's like Vitor had to withdraw. Machida took the fight. Everybody's like, oh, Vitor is next. And I'm like, Vitor is next, but he fucking withdrew. Oh, well, you know, his performance, blah, blah. I'm like, yo, from a monetary standpoint, just be honest. Just be like, yo, this is the money fight. Like, don't, don't make up this store. Oh, yeah. Like, like, and then they tell Chael, Chael's like, yeah, well, if I beat him, I challenge Weidman. And I'm like, wait, what? What the fuck just happened? You know, like MMA math that they do. It's like, oh, I beat Vitor, who's the number one contender. I automatically get a shot at Weidman. I'm like, hey, what? What the hell just happened? It's, it's craziness. Now, yeah. let, now let's play real devil's advocate. If Weidman gets past Machida and Chael gets past Vitor, will Chael finally get the belt? No, not, he's not beating Weidman. <laughs> he he's not. I wouldn't even put him in another title fight. But he, if you were to, which it wouldn't surprise me if they did, he's yep. not beating Weidman um, okay. at all. Um, I mean, until kind of seems reserved to just hang out in the the zone. He is getting these fights that he can probably win yep. and, or lose. And um, being an analyst, I think he's com- real comfortable with that. I think he's comfortable with being an analyst, and it was funny that Dana White said in an interview that if somebody had to take his place running the organization, it would be Chael. And I'm like, what What the fuck did I just hear, you know? Because it's like you hear something like that out of total left field, and it's like, yeah, I could see that. 
but it's just it just it just trips me out because you got this guy made an incredible name for himself just strictly on the merit of him talking shit and now all of a sudden it's like yeah you know this guy blah 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 and to to go at what you were saying about him getting title opportunities and not getting title opportunities or whatever there a couple of guys on on the um, subreddit for MMA they said the reason Chael gets so many opportunities and is allowed to to pretty much get away with a lot of shit is because He's the first guy that picks up a phone to pick a fight. Oh, dude's hurt. What weight division? Oh, 185. Fuck it, I'll fight him. <laughs> you know, like it, it's just it's just insanity. And and I think that the the company tries to look out for him, but it's like you're going to look out for him to a point, but it's also going to be to his detriment because if you're putting him in there with guys that he shouldn't be in there with, it's it's going to hurt his legacy in the long run. Yeah, and but I don't know how much Shell actually cares about his his legacy you don't as a give fighter, a per se. You don't give a shit. Like, I, I think Chell is just content to just be Chell. <laughs> Chell, so, Chell being Chell. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Um, but, I mean, hey, you you, I, I, you got to see what, what happens. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he beats Vitor and then maybe they put him in a title fight. But I don't think he beats he beats uh, Wyman at all. Do you think if he beats Vitor, Vitor will retire? I hope so. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I, and, and I don't. It's not that I don't like Vitor uh, as a fighter. I enjoy nope. watching him fight. Love watching. What him I fight. don't like is he's blatantly cheating. <laughs> he, he's blatantly cheating. There's, there's no way he can explain it away <laughs> that he's cheating. And even if he's asked, he like doesn't really answer. He just like ignores the question. It's he's cheating. The way he uses TRT, he's cheating. He shouldn't be able to use TRT because he's been popped for steroids twice. He's yep. still cheating. <laughs> That's it. Well, you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting few weeks. And then, of course, we got two weekends of MMA. We got Bendo um, fighting this weekend. Then we got Demetrius Johnson and, you know, Ali. I'm going to mess up this guy's name. Ali Baganoff. I hope that's right next weekend. But it's funny. This weekend's card looks pretty solid. But next weekend's card got some serious fights. We got that title fight, Rory McDonald and T Wood, Bader and Fajal, Andre Arlovsky back in the UFC against Brendan Schaub and uh Ryan Jimmo and OSP all it's just a, a very very solid card from top to finish and I wanted to just pluck out T Wood and Rory McDonald because clearly clearly you know why this fight is set up and clearly you know what they're hoping for. So, with that said, do you think do you think that T Wood is going to Break break the mystique that is Rory McDonald. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, because I think Rory McDonald is kind of I, I don't know what his style is now. Because I mean, early in his career, we saw a really aggressive kind of Rory McDonald, but in the last couple of fights, he's been really, especially the loss to Robbie Lawler, he's been really passive and just not offensive and. I think if Tyrone Woodley can get to him and hit him, I think he can really damage him. Right. So, I, I'm I'm interested. To, I'm interested. I'm really interested to see what 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 happens with this fight. To be honest with you. What about Andre Arlovsky's return back into the octagon? I mean, Arlovsky's coming in. Um, you know, fighting fight, fighting Brendan Schaub. I always look at Arlovsky as a guy that is more apropos at 205 than at heavyweight. Am I wrong? Um. I mean, I've never seen him at 205. Um, I don't think he's ever fought at 205. But I don't think so. The problem with Arlovsky is not that he 
his skills have diminished is that his chin yep. has seemed to diminish. Yep. And I would be pretty shocked if he sticks around the UFC long because I, I just feel like he, he's going to get end up getting knocked out a couple times. So um, I'd be surprised if he stays around the UFC very long. Dana, Dana forces him to retire a la Chuck Liddell. Yeah, something like I mean, <laughs> something like that. Like I just, I just think he'll end up getting cut from being hit like in the face repeatedly. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny. We we got we got Arlovsky coming back. Then you know we got a couple of guys that are trying to make a name for themselves. It, 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 like you know Tim Sylvia. Oh, I should come back. And Dana White's like, chill, dude, chill, chill with that shit. And you know, with with him, with Tim Sylvia, it's weird because people are trying to like, oh, you should bring him back. It's like, no. Don't do that. Like, don't do it to Tim Sylvia. Then you bring that poor bastard back. He gets killed in the cage. And it's like, see, it, we told you not to bring him back. Arlovsky's a little different. He's got a, a pretty decent win streak going on. He had a, yeah, he's had a, a couple of solid fights under his belt. But like you said, if he starts getting chin checked, his, his resurgence is going to be short lived. Yeah. Um, yeah. The chin checking is going to be a problem. <laughs> well, one guy, one guy who everybody's been, really pumped to see back coming out off of injury was Conor McGregor. He was supposed to be facing Cole Miller, Cole Miller injured now being replaced by Diego Brandao. Now Conor McGregor's gone out of his way to make a, a name for himself in the organization. Shit talking, being extra belligerent. I, I like McGregor. I think he's, he, he's a solid featherweight. I just feel he, he thinks that the, that the Chael school of getting title opportunities applies to him as well. It's like, listen, lightning isn't going to strike twice. Chael is a unique breed. Like Conor McGregor, it's like, dude, you got to go in there. I, I, it feels like I've only seen you fight twice, once or twice in the UFC. I think he's two he and zero. He's only fight twice. He's fought twice in the UFC. See, it's like, it's like, dude, you, I, I understand what you're trying to do, but you got to, you got to chill because it's like, it's like you got two fights, you know. Um, I think Conor McGregor is a good fighter. I don't think he beats Jose Aldo. Um. Don't think he beats Coach Swanson or Chad Mendez or any of the top five featherweights. But I think he's a good fighter. I think he, I think he believes he's far better than he actually is. Right. Um, and the, 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 the conversation or this, this, the way he, he conducts himself is a bit annoying. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm interested to see him fight. Um, cause it's been a while, but hopefully he looks good once he comes back. Um, he should be able to beat Brandau, um if he's as good as he says he is. He should right. be able to beat Brandau. That's exactly it. Well, it's funny you bring up Cub Swanson. Cub Swanson's going to be squaring off against Jeremy Little Heathen Stevens for UFC Fox Night, uh, UFC Fight Night 44 on Fox, June 28th. It's like seven, the seventh we got to fight, the fourteenth we got to fight, then now the twenty eighth we got to fight as well. Um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm Cub Swanson. I haven't he hasn't fought in like a year. I don't think. I think um, I don't I know think if so. he was injured or not. I just he hasn't fought in a while. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the fight. I, I I'm looking forward to seeing Cub fight again. I want to see Kelvin that Kelvin Gastelum fight because it feels like haven't seen him in the cage since the finale. So we're gonna see if you know his 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 entry into the UFC was a fluke or not. I also want to see that Hakran Diaz Ricardo Lamas fight, which looks pretty promising as well. Um yeah, I mean yeah um. Especially for Ricardo Lamas after getting beat up in a, a title fight that I completely forgot about until you just said something. <laughs> I forgot you fought Joe Zelda, but um, yeah, um, 
I want, I want to see how he bounces back. And Hawkins Diaz is another guy in um, the featherweight division that, that should do some damage eventually. Yep. Well, you know, you know what's funny about that? It's like those guys. They you, you mention them and and you go, yeah, they're gonna be those fights are gonna be great. And then you kind of just forget about them. And then when you see them, they come and they get right back in front and they they impress every time they're out there. And it goes back to what you and I were talking about about just creating new stars. Like people should say. Oh, Ricardo Lamas is fighting. Shit, I got to see that fight because that guy's a problem. You don't see that. Now, yeah. you know, and and, yeah. and and then people float around like Nick Diaz. Nick Diaz currently retired. And Anderson Silva's manager is like, yeah, well, I I think Anderson Silva is going to fight Nick Diaz when he comes back from retirement. I'm like, wait, 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 what? What the fuck just happened? You know, like you got Anderson Silva trying to make fights before he comes back. But let's be honest. The guy, the guy's going to take the money fights. And Nick Diaz, that may actually be a fight that will entice him back into the cage. I, 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 dude, Nick Diaz and Anderson Silva would be ridiculous any way you slice it. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm hoping for um Nick Diaz to come back, um, at some point. Um, I don't, I don't know if he will. Um, because I kind of get the feeling Nick Diaz is kind of comfortable being doing whatever weird shit he does. And he's his just own chilling, time. dude, just chilling right. on Instagram with lazy um, to savage from middle easy, just hanging out. Yeah. Just, just high, just, just <laughs> chilling. But, um, but, um, I, I'd be interested to see, um, what happens with that. But I mean, Nick Diaz said it's a money, right? He'd come back. So, uh, we'll see. But That's I, a money fight. That's a money fight, dude. That fight will be insane. Cause anyway, you, any way you take that fight, whether whether they fight at 170, whether they fight at 185, whatever the case is, that that fight is going to make headlines. Like any any guy that fights on that card better be to quote to quote Nick Diaz. It better be he better be a hitter to be on that same card because nobody's going to give a shit about anything else except Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz. Yeah, I mean it it would be a waste of a card if if that's not like a title fight above it. Absolutely. And that's a co-main, and you got a bunch of good fights after that. Well, the last bit of MMA news I wanted to talk about is we, we're getting another twofer with that June 28th card because mm-hmm. we got Fight Night 44. Then we got Fight Night 43 with uh, Nate Marcourt, James Tahuna as your main event on Fight Pass at 5 o'clock in the morning. Will not be watching that <laughs> live. Uh, <laughs> uh I don't know. I fight most of the time with Fight Pass fights. I have to uh, get them some other means because I don't have Fight Pass. Um, so, and especially at five in the morning, like this is the craziness nah. that we were talking about. It's like <laughs> five in the morning. Nate Marquardt, James Tahoon is your main event. Then Soa Palay, Jared Rushold, Hato Hiyoki's taking on Charles Oliveira, Robert Whitaker, and Mike Rhodes are your um, excuse me, your Fight Pass fights at five o'clock in the morning. And this goes back to what. We were saying it's like it's like, dude, nobody's watching that. Why don't you just let that fight air, give it on Fight Pass, and then give it on later in the day for free? You know, before before you watch uh UFC Fight Night forty four, you just watch forty three. Like UFC Fight Night forty four, they give it at ten o'clock is the Fox card, and the prelims are at eight. So then give the other cards earlier, like five like four or five o'clock at least. Yeah. Uh, something. Something. Uh it's crazy to me. Um that they do fights at that early in the morning. Yep. It, I it, can't. It's crazy to me. Well, what I want to know is what the numbers look like for that card. Because it's like, yeah, you know, it's a fight pass card. It's like, okay, it's a fight pass card. Who is going to be in front of their computer that early in the States? I imagine the numbers aren't well. Like, I imagine the numbers aren't good for those cards. 
but I, I think, and I don't think they expect them to be. Right. Like, I think they're just, I think, like, the, the, I, I don't know. I don't know how they're turning any problems for Fly Pass, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, you know, it, it, you're paying the 10 bucks a month, and it's not like, like the WWE Network, totally different. And I feel bad for these guys because a lot of people said that, that it's really fucking with their, with their sponsorship money because it's like, oh, you're fighting on Fight Pass and people, and, and people are like, yo, who cares? Like, 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 um, sponsors just look at it like, we're not going to give you money if you're fighting on the Fight Pass. Like, no. And I feel bad. I think, I think to a degree, it's really hurt these guys from that standpoint. I agree. Cause I mean, no one's seen you fight. Right. You know, like, the the twenty people who decided to be up at five in the morning and whoever's watching it in Japan or wherever like are the ones that seen you fight. But like the people that they care about that your sponsors care about aren't actually seeing you fight. So it's like a useless endeavor to them. Yep, it's it's crazy. I think I think Dana White needs to rethink that that business model for UFC Fight Pass. I I think if there's if there's three things and you know we'll go we'll go out with this to close things out. Three things that the UFC needs to do is. They need to reevaluate their fight pass model and they need to take advantage of the legitimate guys that they got and get them in front of mainstream audiences as much as possible. And the third thing, Dana White, you got to keep you got to keep your mouth shut. That's yeah, it. those are those are the three. Basically. Those are the three keys. You know how they say three keys in the octagon. Those are my three keys for people to start giving a shit about MMA again. Like reevaluate fight pass get put new people out there you know like like you like we see they're trying to do it with dc and these guys putting on ufc tonight and they're trying to get them in front of cameras mm-hmm. and that's great but do more than that like i should be seeing fighters in gatorade commercials i should be seeing fighters in nike commercials when nike does a commercial showing athletes from different sports like like a commercial i shared a couple of weeks back where you know they had like mm-hmm. mma fighters and stuff like that's what you have to do if you want to grow the sport, I should be seeing a Subway sandwich commercial with like Uriah Faber. Yeah, like you, you have to you have to push yourself into those, and uh, some of that's the fighters um, demanding it, and some of that's the UFC demanding it. Like if you're going, if Nike's going to sponsor John Jones, like hey, we need we need to see him in a commercial. Yep. Uh, if 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 someone, hell, the UFC could do more um, absolutely commercial adult style commercials. Where do you you do it and I'm not as the hokey way that they do some of their uh, pay per view previews, but like do legit commercials or something. Dude, that advertising metro- that stuff. But no, go ahead. Oh yeah, just you you need to get these people's names out there because right now, um, and like I said, like I don't, I don't think UFC is like really losing money or no. hurting their business a whole lot, but they they need to do a little bit better right now. Well, one thing I gotta say is like like, like here's a here's a great example, and I'll use this and we'll take it home. Ronda Rousey's Metro PCS commercial. Ronda Rousey uses Metro PCS. Really? Really, she does. Really. R- Ronda Rousey's sitting there with a, with a Metro PCS phone doing, doing all this. Right. And that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Like, like you're signing a deal with Metro PCS. That's the equivalent of advertising in a Finger Hut catalog. It's like, it's like, really? Like, like, that's what you're doing? Like, like you should be, you should do, like, like Chuck Liddell is selling batteries. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yo, Chuck Liddell is selling batteries in the worst commercial known to yeah, mankind. Just, yeah. And it just, it upsets me because, you know, you see the yeah. NFL guys, you see the NFL guys, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'm, you know, this, you're Subway or all pro running back, blah, 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 does this. And 
they're not they're not building it the same way. And it's like Dana White talks this talk about making the UFC the next big sport. It's like the next big sport has to start acting like the next big sport. Val in the chat says Metro PCS equals T-Mobile. You know, what's funny. I've been to answer Val's question. I've been a uh, T-Mobile subscriber since they were OmniPoint. This is going way back. When I call them to bitch about my contract, they look at my account history. They're like, oh, whatever you need. And it's it's like it would sound more believable if Ronda Rousey was, you know, doing a commercial for T-Mobile. You know what I mean? Not doing. It's like do a commercial for Kraft cheese or do a commercial for a welfare cheese. Like that's how (laughs) that's what it is. It's like welfare cheese, Kraft cheese. Take the labels off. They're the same cheese. But again, people respond to labels. You want to be considered a big time promotion. You got to deal with big time companies, period. Yeah, basically, like you, you got to get these guys in mainstream commercials, um, and you got, you got to. But um, I, I don't know what the UFC is doing. The UFC seems to be stuck in this mode where they want, if they want to be a niche sports, that that's okay. But yep. don't talk about being a big name sport if you're going to continue using doing niche sports, niche sport things. Well, it's like it's like what you know a friend of mine said. He said when when you get money and you're successful, yet you still live poor. That's because your mind hasn't acclimated to the fact that, hey, I don't have to live check to check. The UFC is in the same boat in the sense that they've acclimated themselves to being this niche anti-authority sport. You know, like they want to be the bad boys of the sporting world. But yet you want mainstream appeal. You want people to love your organization. You want to be the next NFL. It's like you can't have it both ways. If you want to be anti-establishment, then at least make sure that you're getting normal establishment advertising like Harley Davidson. Okay, that's cool. No problem. Uh, The occasional video game. No problem. The occasional movie. That's the thing. It's like you're not saying you know, UFC is brought to you by the Avengers. It's like the UFC is brought to you by sabotage with Arnold and Stallone, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they, they do a lot of niche sport things. I mean, it, that's, that's the thing. And if that's what they're going to be, that's what they're going to be. Right. But if they want to get past that, they've got to change up the way they do their business a little bit. That's it. It's like, yo, stop doing commercials, you know, stop doing commercials for the, for the chicken brothers from breaking bad and start doing commercials for KFC. <laughs> you know, like start, start being legit with it. Like as, as terrible and as stereotypical as this sounds, if Daniel Cormier talks all this shit about Popeyes, have him show up with that short haired lady for a shrimp basket commercial. Fuck it. <laughs> you know, it's, te- it's terrible to Something say. Like that. Yeah. You know? but, but it's like the dude says it all the time. Yo, I love, I love Popeyes. Love it. Dude says it all the time. I think he says it because he secretly wants that Popeyes money. But, but fuck, at least, you know, that's more, hey, that's, they want to. that's more mainstream. You know what I mean? People go, Oh shit. You know, like it's daddy. It's D, like, yo, I'm DC. Uh, I got the Popeye's chicken basket as, you know, again, stereotypical is all hell, but fuck it. The guy likes it. So at least let him get paid. Oh yeah. If they're going to pay me. I'm going to say I like it too. Fuck it. I mean, right. Try, try to get that money. But that's that's a, a mainstream sponsorship. That's it. But no, you know, Metro PCS or. What 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 the hell? Nas Energy. Buy it with your money. <laughs> it's like it's like yo, really? Like that's what you're advertising with? Like not Red Bull, not Coca Cola, no Nas. That should that should taste like Drano. It's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, you just you you just got you you got to do more. You got to do better. That's that's it. You you got to do better. Um, if they if they want to be a mainstream sport, they've got to act like one. 
there you go all right so that actually is going to wrap it up um it's 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 so great to have you back man i know well i've been going through so much mma (laughs) stuff marking out like a like a hardcore fan i'm like oh man you know need need ben up in here for, for for to add a little bit to it so you know it's good to have you back I'm trying to be back more often. <laughs> Try, I'm trying to be uh, make more appearances. Did you put a long hiatus again? Did you put your uh, Did you put the the, the hip hop podcast on hold too? Uh, for the time being, we actually were planning on uh, doing a show tomorrow. Uh, for anybody that's interested, uh, it's a double H N D. Um, you go on YouTube and just type in the word double H N D. Um, uh, it's basically just you know hip-hop reviews or whatever, sports, whatever the hell we feel like talking about at the time. Uh, but we're supposed to record one tomorrow. Or t- tomorrow. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, that was for my eyes for a little while, too. Are you going to – please please make sure to talk about that new 50 Cent album because there's a lot of uh, – <laughs> There's a lot of – there's yeah. a lot of different – there's yeah. a lot of different views. People are like – Oh, you know, it's a, it's a good summer album. It's not that great. Other people are like, oh, it's a, it's a return to form. You know, I, I'm in a weird, I'm in a weird place with that album, but I'd, I'd like to, I'd love to hear what you guys got to say about it. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. We, uh, yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's weird, man. Everybody's like, yo, man, it's a good summer album. And I'm like, really? Like a good summer album? When? <laughs> Since when? Like I usually listen to 50 Cent when I'm having a rough day in the gym and I want to punch somebody in the face. Like when when is that summer music? Like summer music is N O R E or the Beat Nuts or Fat Joe. Like 50 Cent isn't summer music. 50 Cent is I'm gonna put on this ski mask and hit you over the head with a blackjack like Stevie Ray. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that's normally what his music sounds like, but. Like yeah, I, I, I we we were definitely gonna we definitely are gonna talk about that out. <laughs> awesome, I'll, I'll be looking forward to it. As always, you can find Ben on Twitter at blackout b l a q o u t eighty nine on Twitter, and of course, look for his work on mytakeradio dot com. Double H N D podcast on YouTube. Make sure to check that out if you're a fan of hip hop as well. Anything else you want to add? No, that's it, man. All right, dude. It was good having you back, man. Don't be a stranger. All right. All right, brother. We'll be back. Peace. All right, right, guys. That was Ben at Blackout89 on Twitter. If you want to catch up with him, of course, you can always talk MMA on our Facebook fan page. Ben will always chime in there. And, of course, make sure to look out for his content on MyTakeRadio.com. All right. Let's get into this week's uh, wrestling news. We got a lot to discuss, and I know that our friends... uh, uh, Jay Santee and John Blade will be joining us. We got a lot to discuss, especially with what went down with Raw. So, gentlemen, I um recommend you guys get your touch tones ready so we can get that ball rolling. With that said, let us talk some wrestling. Booker T, take it away. We want the gold, sucker. Hulk Hogan, we coming for you, nigga. My Take Radio's wrestling segment is brought to you by WWEShop.com. Get all the latest and greatest WWE merchandise for all your favorite superstars at WWEShop.com. Use the promo code WWESAVE10 to save $10 on orders 
over $70 or more. Again, wweshop.com, promo code WWESAVE10. Well, as I said, crazy, crazy week of wrestling. Uh, we got to talk about, of course, what went down on Raw. We got to talk about the week's wrestling news. I know Jay and John Blade are getting themselves queued up, and I am pumped for this week. Like I said, Raw, everything on Raw was pretty subpar up until the end. As a wrestling fan, I'm going to say this. It's not every day you get surprised, especially if you're a veteran. In my case, I've been a longtime wrestling fan. I've been watching wrestling since 1985. I actually found my WWE thumb wrestlers in the garage. I had Nikolai Volkov and the Junkyard Dog. So this is how far back we're going. And for what happened on Monday night to surprise me the way it did, I was hype, man. I was super pumped. Uh, let me bring let me bring the fellas on board. Uh, so get the ball rolling with Jay. Jay, what's up, buddy? I guess we were a success last week, so uh, we were asked for a return. Nice. Uh, oh, dude, it was it was ridiculous. Like there was there was so much chaos in such a good way that you know, and especially with what happened Monday, you know, you know, we had to discuss it. And um, let me bring John Blade in. John Blade, welcome back. Greetings. And of course, our very own Quark is not with us this week. He is on vacation, but he does send his regards. So. Let's let's get the ball rolling with Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw opened up with a very very amusing segment uh with Batista and his flesh-colored yamaka of a of a skullet coming out and pretty much effectively quitting Evolution. Now, for those of you that are well versed in your wrestling news, you know that Batista is taking time off to go and promote Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, what I expected to happen was that Batista was going to say he was going to quit. They'd beat him up. That way, Batista would leave as a face and return with a little bit more of a favorable reaction after Guardians of the Galaxy. Instead, what you did was you took the guy and you just made him a big blue bitch. That's what you did. You took this guy that he comes back. He's supposed to be this tough, hard-as-nails dude. And then all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. And I'm like, really? That's that's how you write him off TV? And then it's funny because if they would have been smart when Triple H is like, yeah, I hope your movie bombs, blah, 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 and don't come crawling back, he should have got on the mic as he's walking out and go, it can't do any worse than the chaperone did. It would have been a it would have been a nice way. It would have been a nice way for Batista to go out and the crowd would have been into it. Instead, you just make him a big blue bitch. And for those of you that don't know why I'm talking about that, it's because Batista's wardrobe was pretty much Smurf colored for um, the pay-per-view. And everybody, of course, was talking about it. Blutista was trending, which was quite amusing. And, you know, again, it was it was good stuff. And we're going to get into that. We're going to get into payback. But that needed to be addressed. Now, I mentioned the opening of Raw because obviously payback ended with Evolution being on the receiving end of another loss. Now, taking the sum of what happened in payback... And with Monday Night Raw, Payback as a whole was a mediocre pay-per-view. What it set up on Monday was definitely worth addressing. Now, with that said, on the Payback side of things, I'll, I'll toss it to Jay first. Did you feel that the pay-per-view delivered? It was it, it was all right. I mean, um, it was actually better than expected. I actually, I mean, how many of you guys actually felt kind of weird about a, a pay-per-view with no big title on the line it was just like 
oh, okay. So I guess that'll be the main event. Cool. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, in a whole, I mean, it, 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 we've seen far worse in, in, in payback pay-per-views. And I think this one was all right. It held up. Okay. John, what about you? I, I went into payback with minimal expectations. So I thought the show was good compared to what I expected. I expected to be bored out of my mind for the first two hours and then have the wife and the shield carry the rest of the show as usual. But the show wasn't that bad. The matches weren't spectacular, but they got the job done. Okay. I didn't hate it. It wasn't great. Well, Slick, Slick brings up a valid point in the chat, and I'm glad he brought it up because I'm going to say this. If you are a WWE Network subscriber and you felt payback sucked, please note you paid $10. That's all yeah. I'm saying. You paid $10 for a three-hour extended episode of Raw. That's it. Like, all these guys going on, oh, it fucking sucked. And I'm like, you do realize you're paying 10 fucking dollars, right? Like, if you pay $60 at this point, instead of buying the network, you should be kicked squarely in the nuts. Squarely in the nuts. Just just line yourself up and get ready to kick right in the yam bag. Because there's no necessity. Pay the 10 bucks. If it sucks... You know, if it sucks, it sucks, but it was $10, and you're getting way more value than just payback at that point. Well, I can honestly say at least it didn't feel as though we were paying $10 to right. watch Raw. Correct. Like, it it had a pay-per-view feel to it. Right. And, you know, they it did have its moments. It had its Cena uh, way battle. You know, it, it, it had its moments, and it just it, it, it didn't fall as flat as, Usually, any other pay per view would be after WrestleMania. It was, it was, it was, it was pretty decent. I just, I just felt a little odd about like not having that title up. Right. And it was like, okay, well, I guess they have another story going for that. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this, and this is something you know. I start, I started a column earlier this week, which was the three R's: the right, the ridiculous, and the rawsome. And I plan on using it for not just Raw, but for other columns. And I wanted to, to use it also on air for, for both segments. Now, breaking it down, the right, there were, there were a couple of rights on this card. Uh, first up, I gotta say that the, the last man standing match was a right because it was good. It told a great story, but it also falls in line with it being ridiculous because John Cena should not have won that match. On the contrary, Bray Wyatt should have thrown him inside the box put the other box on top and had Harper and Rowan sit on top of the box so Cena doesn't answer the 10 count. What you end up doing in that is you end up getting the win under not, uh, you know, with nefarious fucking circumstances, but at least you're giving Bray Wyatt the victory in the match that matters. I truly felt that that was a shitty premise that John Cena all of a sudden would just win this match because, you know, never give up. Give me a break. But can we also expect that maybe uh, when Bray does return, is going to be on a on a larger scale? I mean, we've already seen his progression go out of the stratosphere, and I can see that it's actually going up. I mean, his entrance right. was like captivating. Like, even those who aren't wrestling fans walked past TVs and was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Right. So I can expect that his you know, the, the 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 way the fall went out, which actually it puts Bray over because it takes John Cena to have to do what he did to finish him off. Okay. So it actually puts Bray in a different light. And when we see him return, we're hoping to see that it's going to be in a more larger, more possibly darker scale. 
Well, you know, it's funny because Slick says that the loss works for Bray, that Cena actually needed to win that match. I, I understand your argument, and, and again, th- there's definitely merit there. I just felt that when you're taking a guy like Bray and you're preparing him for this for this ascension to to the upper card and you're using John Cena in that capacity, that you'd be, you know, the the like I've said before, in the battle of wins and losses, the loss wouldn't have hurt him. Especially if you would have just done the ending in reverse. I don't know because I, 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 you look at it like this: if he would have beaten Cena, then we actually possibly would have looked at the end of the storyline because then it actually would have then opened the door to now, which is the Daniel Bryan possibly having to uh, drop the bell and um, Cena once again being the man to go and fill in those shoes. But now with Cena winning that match, it still leaves the door open for Bray to come back and seek his, you know, revenge back on Cena. Okay. So the other the other match I wanted to kind of throw in the right column was Sheamus and Cesaro. Um, it was a very entertaining brawl. I really liked the way that it went. Uh, the ending felt a little abrupt. It felt a little it felt a little out of the ordinary. But the way what it set up on Monday with just Heyman being completely gold on the mic was worth the, 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 the weird ending. So definitely a right in that, in that response. Like I said, the only ridiculous Kofi Kingston getting jobbed out a la Barry Horowitz to Bo Dallas, um, pretty much with, you know, with Kane coming in there and killing him dead was really a low point for me. Cause I said, wow, has Kofi fallen that far to where, you know, he's fodder for Kane and, you know, jobbed out to Bo Dallas. Like, I, you know, I felt, again, I, I definitely got to group that under the ridiculous side of things. I mean, who who else are we going to throw out there to, to fill in that slot to make Bo Dallas seem like the next coming of wrestling Jesus? I mean. Zack Ryder. He's already, <laughs> he's, already, he's already been out there, you know, making fools out of such persons as Sin Cara. So Kofi was just next on line. Which is, which is weird because like I said, Kofi Kingston, a guy with a tremendous upside, Bo Dallas, minus the promo work, I'm just, I just feel he, you know, you got, you, you got your slow, your yield colored teeth, which in HD don't do him any favors. You know, he, he's got the, the little, the little chalupa, the little chalupa working, working belly. And you know, the tidy whiteys. I'm like, dude, you just, it's so random. Like all of a sudden they feel, it's like, it's Bray Wyatt with yellow teeth and, slightly less body mass like that's what they're going and then him coming out and doing the tebow obviously we know where that's going but i just felt that kofi was, yeah, was a, you know he was he was a, a a poor choice to use in that role because again when you start treating and and jay i know you've said this before that we need jobbers you know we need those matches that's great but kofi kingston just doesn't resonate as jobber you know there's too many shifts that are going, that's happening right now in that roster. And this is, and I could, I could also blame the internet universe for this because they want anybody to be on the main roster, right. or come from another promotion and get into WWE. And what's happening is you're going to get the call or you're going to get, you know, put into the WWE and guys like Kofi are going to be put in the back burner and become that role. Yep. You're going to get guys like Ziggler who are going to get pushed to the back burner. And, you know, everybody wants to see the, you know, the, 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 the big movement of the up and coming guys, but the guys who haven't gotten their light are getting pushed to the side. 
Well, here's here's how I see it. We I and and I've mentioned this before, and you know, you guys can can chime in with this. The the wrestling hierarchy. We need your main event guys, which are whatever, ten guys. You need your mid card guys, which are another fifteen guys. You need your lower card guys, and then you need like the guys that that are just happy coming in there working with other guys. Like uh Trent Beretta, great example. Solid worker. Is he going to be a heavyweight champion anytime soon? No. Maybe a tag team champion, maybe an IC champion, but you're, you're, you're taking these guys and you're not allowing them to feud with other, you know, with, with other like-minded characters. It's something that Josh and I were, were talking about off air. And it's the fact that WWE knows how to write storylines for their main card, but their mid card and lower card, it's like they just throw shit at a wall and go with what sticks. You know what I mean? It's very disjointed booking. Well, because we, we've forgotten how it was done years ago when we used to build up a wrestler, which was we had the jobbers right. on, you know, different shows. We mm-hmm. had it in, you know, in the superstars or the wrestling challenge. Yep. And we had a guy like, let's say, the berserker or <laughs> That's a the good one. warlord. He would take Mike Johns or Greg Holdem and squash him in less than 30 seconds. And you go... Holy crap, can you imagine if he fought Macho Man or Hulk Hogan? Right. These days, we got guys who are putting, who are putting over guys, and they're mid, solid mid-carders who are putting over guys who are going to be in it. Look at what they're doing with, with, with Rusev. Rusev is in the ring with guys who actually work, and he's squashing the hell out of them. Yep, because that match with Big E, I felt, could have probably been about five minutes. You know, it was about a three-and-a-half-minute match. I'm like, wow, you could have given him at least five minutes. And they probably would have done well. I mean, the Rusev push is being modeled, as a lot of people are saying, after the Umaga push, which is fine. I felt that the match with Big E was incredibly competitive. But, again, you're running into that situation where you're not really doing any long-term booking for guys like Rusev. It's like, okay, he beat, he beat Big E. Now what? You know what I mean? Like, oh, the next guy's going to come out and he's going to wave his American flag and blah, blah, blah. Like it, the, the whole USA and and anti-Russian movement, that's great. But again, you're using 1985 booking. There's more that you can do with that because eventually the conflict in the Ukraine is going to come and go and people are not going to give a shit about it. So then it's like, oh, look, it's the guy with the with the pretty blonde chick. Yes, and and, and we're, we're, we'll see what happens down the road with him because... Then all it takes is one loss, and then poof, yep. he becomes vulnerable like everybody else. He becomes Mark Henry. He, he becomes, becomes Vladimir Kozlov. He becomes <laughs> Vladimir Kozlov. He becomes. He, 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 all it just takes one thing. He got. He 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 he'll be squashed in the next up and coming main event uh, card. Well, you know, and and I'm gonna toss it to John. Bad news, Barrett. His match with Rob Van Dam, I felt, validated him after such a, a lackluster uh, 2013 where it was like he was just starting to get comfortable with the bad news gimmick and all he did was come and stand on the podium the bulk of uh, the, you know, towards the end of 2013. Now, 2014, he's starting to see more of a resurgence. Do you think that the victory over Van Dam kind of validated him as your, your guy to build the mid card around? Absolutely, because Robin Dam, although he's a person, I mean, he's still a big name in wrestling. People come out, they hear the music, they say, "Oh, it's Robin Dam." So, I mean, having Barrett beat him, he's like, he's like, you're not beating a slouch as old as he may be. And I think it's good for him. I think that shows Barrett's gonna have a decent year at least. 
Yeah, I think I think Barrett is a guy to let's playing devil's advocate. If, if Daniel Bryan can't defend the belt at uh, Money in the Bank and they go with the belt in the ladder match, not that he would win it, but if he's in the match, I'd say Barrett could be a guy that has a, that has a shot because he's a guy that if he were to win the belt tomorrow, I wouldn't have any complaints about it because he's got the mic skills. The crowd is kind of behind him. He's got the quote unquote look. You know what I mean? He's he's got the tools, and he's finally found a gimmick where he feels comfortable. I actually, I, I actually am interested in seeing how that's going with the whole Daniel Bryan thing because they're giving us that option of whether mm-hmm. he comes back or not, and I hope it does go to the fact that, you know, unfortunately Daniel get the belt stripped, but I hope it does go to that money in bank becomes for as the do I, as I do hope I, they split the belts. Well, I I hope that. I hope Daniel Bryan does get it stripped because I'll, I'll I'll be honest with you, and some people may may be in the minority with this, some may not. But again, my take. So fuck you. But um, uh, the, dude, very 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 easy. Daniel Bryan is a workhorse. I would rather sacrifice him not being champion and being able to enjoy his ring work for the next five years than have him back early and only be able to enjoy his ring work. For two years, look at Edge. Edge came back. Edge hurt himself, and that was it. And that's that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Like, and and you know, Jay's mentioned this in numerous columns that the 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 love of the business from a fan standpoint sometimes blinds us to the point where we're willing to sacrifice our favorite competitors. I'll be honest. If it comes down to Daniel Bryan being in a you know eating his fucking meals through a straw. Or defending a belt at a pay per view against fucking Kane, I'll, 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 you know, I'll give one up, you know, Ver- versus versus sacrificing it because you you can't deal with him not being back in two weeks. Well, that's that's another that, thing. Oh, and the, the, the oh, other fact is that being is is um, if you strip him, he sits out for a couple of months. The fans will eat it up him coming back and right. trying to fight for that belt again. Absolutely, they'll they swallow that hole up again. Absolutely. John, you were going to say? I was saying it's probably it's probably a good thing that he takes a break because one after after WrestleMania, the whole thing with him and the Authority, it just kind of it wasn't as enticing to watch. Like, all right, you beat the Authority, now you're going to fight Kane right. for the next three weeks straight. And the other thing is he hasn't had a match in nearly a month, so him coming back and defending the belt is just like it's iffy. Right. It's like, oh, you're still champion after not being in the ring for a month. It doesn't have the same appeal. So I think giving the belt off, giving somebody else a chance, won't it, it lessens the chance that people will lose interest in Daniel Bryan. Because I think if you bring him back and he defends the belt against Kane, like who who really wants to see that? Well, that's the, that's the thing. Well, the 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 match with Bryan and Kane is allegedly being used as a as an effective right off to get Kane off of TV so he can go film Ceno Evil 2. Again, not a problem. But or to sacrifice Daniel Bryan to give to get Kane off of TV, it just it's just poor booking. It's poor booking in my opinion. I I do feel that Daniel Bryan being away from the title picture for his own safety and well-being will not remove him from the public eye. On the contrary, you still got Total Divas, you can still check in on him via interviews. You know what I mean? It's not like he's written off in in you know in a way that like he's going to CM Punk status. He's well, still around. Well, here's the thing. CM Punk is a is a guy that he, CM Punk can sit at home right now 
next to a, a naked AJ, like a, like a Conan poster, and he can say, I'm sitting here on my ass, and they still chant my name. You know what I mean? Like, 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 like that's one of those things where when you reach a certain point, the concern of losing your spot goes out the window. Like, Daniel Bryan can be off TV for three months. He'd come back, would not lose his spot. Simple as that. time that he left TV, like he was gone for a little bit. Anytime that Daniel Bryan came back, the building exploded. There you go. You know, each return. And just quickly, dream booking. Check this out. You strip the belt from Daniel, right? Right. Money in the bank. Belt off for, uh, a belt off for grab. Right. Surprise entrance. CM Punk. Oh, Punk wins. Daniel Bryan returns in time. He goes for the belt in a World Series for the championship. Dream booking. 60 minute Iron Man match. Dream booking. Well, that's, that's one way to do it. Another way to, another crazy thing. And this is what people were talking about was let Daniel Bryan heal up. Let a guy, let a guy like, um, Cesaro win it, you know, because a guy like Cesaro will allow Paul Heyman to keep it active because you can't have John Cena win and then he feuds with the authority because it's going to be the same shit. You know what I mean? So you, you surprise us with something like uh, a Cesaro or a Wade Barrett, something totally out of the ordinary that can at least look believable that if Daniel Bryan comes back, he can in turn feud with somebody brand new. I mean, there was one guy on, on Twitter that said, why don't you just make an interim title and then let that person be the interim champion and then use Daniel Bryan as the catalyst to unify the belt, you know, which I think would work too. Yeah. Like, think about this. Think about you put, and, and again, craziness. You got Alberto Del Rio, Cesaro, Barrett, Sheamus, and then you throw in like again just to build up some momentum. I got you throw Brock Lesnar in there, so you got your five guys. Let's say Brock Lesnar wins. All of a sudden, everybody's like, "Oh shit, what the fuck?" And you can a create tension between him and Cesaro, which is always good for the inevitable Cesaro face turn. B, you can allow Daniel Bryan to try and overcome the odds when he comes back to unify the belts. And C, you can always go with the storyline of you're not the real champion anyway. You know? This is why this is why I have the feeling that it's inevitable that those belts are going to have to be split apart again. Because this is not like years ago when, you know, the roster was smaller. Like, you would see the Royal Rumble and it was barely 30 guys that were relevant to right. be in it. It's like, okay, these the rosters are huge now. And yep. You have to put these titles, so you have to separate them because it now, it, it has to give these guys more substance to fight for something with such a large roster that each brand has. Well, so it, it's inevitable it has to happen. Well, like I said, and I've, and I've said it before, you, you, they, they can use the, the TV title for that. Give the lower card guy something because think about it. You got six hours of TV a week. Have that belt defended on each show. Period. The TV title gets defended. That's the clause. And yeah, it gets and defended it on, on main event. Right. Superstars. You have all those shows they can defend it on. And then here's, here's the crazy part. Borrow, borrow something that TNA actually did that was useful and let that person at WrestleMania trade, you know, either defend the TV title or trade it in for a title opportunity. 
You know what I mean? Like let but that it, would let, make too much. That would make that would make too much sense. That would make too much sense. But that would only be good TV. That would only be good TV. But think about it. The <laughs> the TV title gives all those guys that we talk about that, that that like Jay says the guys that people complain are being buried that aren't really being buried. It gives them another outlet to perform. So you can you can get the guys like the Justin Gabriels, the um. Even the Dolph Ziggler's like Dolph Ziggler would be the best guy to get that belt over and then move it, move him away from it. But he'd be the guy he'd be because what, you know, or the Miz, the must see superstar. Why wouldn't he be the guy that should have the TV title to kind of get it relevant? You know, oh, I think right now it's we're, we're, we're seeing once again that WWE goes through these motions to where. They get into that, um, okay, what the fuck do we do now? After you just, you know, after a big main event and after a big angle, they start throwing shit up against the wall and hoping that it lands on a target. Because right. it, 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 we're going to start building up to SummerSlam, and they have yet to come up with something solid yet for that buildup. Well, the only other two things I wanted to yank out of this pay-per-view and I wanted to bring up, the, the Paige and Alicia Fox thing is, well, the whole Paige title run is starting to do more harm than good because you bring this chick up there, you get her, you get her a belt. She's, she's attractive. She's a good worker. You use Alicia Fox as, as the next, as the next heel that you want to build up. But then you do feuds between the total divas cast when at the end of the day, the biggest prize should be the divas belt. So it's like, is the prize total divas or is the prize the belt? Like it's kind of, it's kind of being stuck, you know? No, they, they, I, I don't think they even know what they want to do for any of the any of the divas right now because I think they're they're looking at at the roster and going, okay, if we're gonna have Paige with this belt, who can actually go up against her and put on a good five minute, seven minute match? Right. And so far, they have two individuals such as Paige, you know, Natalia, who who's actually going, and Nikki, who's getting somewhat better. And it's like, okay, but how many times can we do this? How many times can we put them in the match? So they have to give them those two separate storylines. Because like you mentioned weeks, for weeks before, they have to build them some type of personality. Right. Well, it's, it's, when, it's a- when you, when you separate the total divas from the main divas roster, that leaves like what? Four divas? That's it. On the show? That's it. When you separate two the total divas. Well, Rosa Mendez will be joining that cast soon. And I'm sure, I'm sure at that point, you know, the, the fiery Latina, cause it's, as that's what you see in the, in, in, in the press release, the fire, the, the red, the hot blooded Latina superstar is going to be, it's like, shut up. You know, it's fucking Canadian, fucking Arroyos Compoyos. (laughs) (laughs) That's what that shit is. Straight Arroyos Compoyos. That's what they're going with. It's like, oh, hot blooded. Latina, my ass. Dude, it's like Toronto. It's like all of a sudden, like I said, the, those racial overcoats. All of a sudden, because you're Hispanic, you're hot blooded and fiery. I mean, that, that, that's all. That's all well and good, but really, that's that's all you got. She looks like an extra from a Fanta commercial. I'm sorry, you know. Especially and, and now that, is more Latina than she is. Her fiery Latina has never been above forty degree weather. There you go. Dude, Paige is more Latina than <laughs> than Rosa Mendez. <laughs> but um, let's talk about this six man tag match from Payback because, of course, this set up the inevitable uh betrayal on Monday night. But what what a match from start to finish! Match went about about almost half an hour, maybe a little bit over, and it was it was tremendous. Roman Reigns being beaten like a slave 
<laughs> it was like I, I was wait I was waiting I was waiting for Jamie Foxx to ride up on a horse and free him. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yo, what the? I'm like, okay, Triple H, really, just hold him down. It's like you talk, you're talking about somebody who was giving out receipts. Jesus, yeah. <laughs> receipts is putting it mildly. It's like it's like Roman Reigns is like, this is for you missing that Superman punch two weeks ago. This is for you missing that Superman no, punch a month ago. He was probably fucking everybody's girlfriend and y'all getting them back to that. <laughs> it's like, it's like, but Triple H comes in. He's like, hey, 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 where's Roman? We got to go over the match. Oh, he's in the Divas locker room. What? <laughs> Just run. You walk in. It's Roman Reigns wearing that stupid Hawaiian towel they used in that picture. That slick shit last week. He's like, sup, don't y'all? Come a, don't come a knocking if the locker room's rocking. That's it. He'll be like, sup, guys? Like, Roman, we got to go over this match, yeah, man. Alicia Fox's old fox ears on. Oh, oh, he's got Alicia Fox's scarf on his head, just partying. Got a horse wait, mask wait, wait, on. Is that R. Kelly? Is it, are they playing R. Kelly again? Oh, crap. You <laughs> have to wait until the song is over. <laughs> like, like it's, it's, it's craziness, you know? Like, like, but, like, you look at this match, and it's like, they, they, they single-handedly just obliterated evolution in the match, which was great. It was a great way to bring everything together. But I'm like, I'm like, yo, Roman Reigns is being beaten like a slave. That's why I put the picture on, on the fan page. I'm like, yo, look at this dude just catching this beating right now. It was like a beating that, uh, Mel Gibson would be proud of. It's like, wow. There you go. <laughs> you know, you know, you Mel know. Mel Gibson shed a tear that night. Last temptation, my ass. <laughs> Vince McMahon's like, I just saw Django last Sunday. You're gonna beat Roman Reigns like they beat Django against the tree. <laughs> oh, it's fake, right? It, this is gonna be fake, right? Oh yeah. Oh, it's gonna be real, real good. Fake. Crowd's gonna be into it. Beat him like a slave hunter. Beat him like your ancestors did. Listen, we're gonna tell. I'll tell Hunter to pull back. Listen, Hunter, show him everything you got. Everything. That's it. Make sure the sledgehammer's real as well. No rubber sledgehammer. <laughs> worst comes to worst, hit him in a coconut with a coconut like Snooker was. <laughs> Karate. Find out how he did it. Yeah, uh, it, it's ridiculous. You know, you Terrible. see stuff. You see stuff like that, and then and then it comes into you know you 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 bring it full circle, and you say to yourself, uh, yeah. You know, this is, this is, um, this is, this is hardcore shit. And it's funny because Slick, Slick shared, Slick sends me a photo, which I'm going to share with the chat. Um, Roman Reigns is mugshot. Sup, dog. No, no. Sup, dog. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. He looks, he looks like, he looks like a, like a reject from a TNA Samoan roster. Like when Sonny Siaki was part of TNA, like the Flying Elvises. Remember that shit? <laughs> Poor bastard. You know, and, and it, like I said, just a, just a beating, beating him like he stole something. I'm like, wow, that's, that's a little, a little extra. But overall, for, for, you know, a six man match between all three, all three individuals, uh, over half an hour, it was legit. It was extremely legit. Uh, Batista coming out color co- you know, not matching the rest of his evolution roster mates was very amusing. Um, it's funny because Wait, he- I, I, I think Batista does this on purpose because he loves yep. to argue with fans online. So it's like, let me give these people something to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's the brightest color you have in the wardrobe. Well, you know what? Walking to Diva's locker room and stealing articles of clothing from everyone. Well, here's the, here's the funny thing. 
he's Batista, his entire body is held together with uh, Elmer's glue, craft paper and scotch tape. So he figures I'm going to put sleeves on all the shit that might tear. And since he can't come out looking like a Teletubby, he figures, let me put the sleeves over shit that is obvious is going to tear. He was still upset. He was was still upset because he didn't get that role in Avatar, so he still had his outfit. He said, let me wear it now. I just want to show everybody I could have been a Navi, and we can get it, you know, maybe in the future for the sequel I could be in it. Well, you know what's funny? You know he's back there like, yo, man, I got my Under Armour sleeves on. This Hollywood money is where it's at. And everybody's like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? You're old enough to be my dad. You know, Roman Reigns is like, yo, you're old enough to be my pops, dog. What are you doing? <laughs> yo, why can't you? Tell, like, he just, like, <laughs> when they came out, once again, the music hits. Randy comes out. Triple H comes out. They're posing. And here comes Blue Tista. And they just look at each other like, oh, shit. Again, <laughs> you were supposed to text him. No, you were supposed to tell. Oh, that's exactly the look oh. they had. Dude, when they came out for the evolution, like, like, like three man entrance, and it's like, you see, they come out, and you notice Batista always, la- always, he kind of stays behind. He comes out third. He and when changes he changes when they're not looking. Dude, he comes out. You know, backstage, he didn't have the, those sleeves on. He had the blue tights on, and you know, Triple H was like, you know, Dave, you know, you're supposed to, you're supposed to wear the black tights this week. Oh, I forgot to bring them with me. Mind you, they're in his bag and he's lying. He's just trying to be fashion forward. <laughs> and Triple H is like, dude, exactly. dude, what the fuck? And he goes, go ahead, go ahead. I'll be right out. I just got to tie my shoe. And he just goes right behind the gorilla position and throws the sleeves on. He runs out and, you know, but, he, you know, Triple H is like, why don't you just slather Ben Gay on yourself? You old motherfucker. Like, like what the fuck? He's like, he's like, hey, man, I don't want to tear anything. He's in a gorilla position like, why do you have this robe on? Uh, n- no reason. Yep. You know, you he's like, yo, it's okay. Go for a hundred hertz times look for night. You're not wearing red again, are you? No. <laughs> Better not be wearing red. I'm not. That's a, All dude. Right, music hits. Oh, Christ. <laughs> yeah, and you know what the best part is? Like, I like that blue. You know, that nice Carolina blue. It was all right. But you know what it is? He comes out. And again, just reminding people what, just reminding people that when you're old and you don't want to get over that you're getting old, like he's wearing a pair of Jordans to wrestle, the color coordinated sleeves. It's like, dude, you got a tattoo on the inside of your kneecap. Like, what is going on? Like, like, dude, it's, it's okay. It's okay. You're getting old. It happens. It's all right. <laughs> he just might as well just like put midlife crisis tattooed across his chest. Dude, it's, it's, it's like, listen, I'm going to go jump in my Ferrari and go get myself. <laughs> Roll after this match. You guys rolling? Yo, yo, it's crazy to me. You know what the uh, best you part old is, man, with your married wife, dude. <laughs> the guy, the guy looks at him like, like I looked at his hair and I'm like, dude, shave that shit off, shave it off. It's like, yo, you, how, how does Paul Heyman have a better hairline than Batista? <laughs> how, how's that possible? Listen, my, my girlfriend, my girlfriend wants to go to West Khalifa concert. Y'all want to go? Seriously. <laughs> Dude, dude, dude's like, yo, I got, I'm, I'm gonna put on these Balenciaga ring boots. What? <laughs> They're like, it, it, it's like, it, it's Randy, like, Randy's looking at everybody going, yeah, and I get blamed for smoking pot. Look what the fuck he's <laughs> Batista's getting his ring gear at Bergdorf Goodman. <laughs> he's like, yo, yo, these, these, these ring boots were made by Cambodians. And during the last tour, 
took them six months. They're made out of genuine Sherpa skin. Triple H is like, this motherfucker. Go ahead, man. Just go do your movie. Get the fuck out of here. Let's <laughs> just went to Triple H like, yo, guys, I'm tired of them getting blue teeth every time I come out. I was like, just got to find a way to capitalize on it, Dave. I was like, All right, I got it. I got it. I'll give him something a chance. Oh, you know what's funny? Listen, there, there's a guy. There's a guy in the chat using own. Blue Tista, and he says Batista has got to be trolling. And you know what the worst part is? He's so midlife crisis out that he probably is trolling. He probably thinks he's he's cutting edge that he's trolling everybody. He's like, yo, I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna wear this blue shit. You know they're gonna chant Blue Tista, right, Dave? Yup, I'm good with that. <laughs> <laughs> like they're like, they wear the chair. You, they wouldn't dare do that. Are you kidding me? He's this like, fire right here. You know, he's like, yo, yo, any press is good press. And the worst part is, you know, Batista, he tries to be hood. You know, he's got to be hood backstage because he comes out with Tim's on and stuff. So, you know, backstage, you'd be like, yo, what up, dog? And they're looking at him like, dude, you are 48 years old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's like, he's like, yo, what up, Roman? Yo, give me dap, son. And Roman's like, yo, dog, get the fuck out of here. What's wrong with you? Like, yo, did you hear that new fitty? Yep. That was blaze right there. Yo, man, I went, I got, I got a $500 bag of weed. I rolled it up in this, in this blunt wrap. And they're like, what the fuck do you know about a blunt wrap? <laughs> the fuck wrong with like, you? Go, go drink your, go drink your like, yo, five Randy, you want to go inject some marijuanas? <laughs> Go drink your $5 Starbucks Frappuccino somewhere. Oh, dude. I, I, I love that. Cause, cause, cause you can see he, lo- he, he's very, he, he definitely tries to be hood, you know, because since his daughter is, is, you know, of, of legal age, he's probably like, yo, man, don't be running up on my daughter like that. Yo, pops, chill. <laughs> Listen, I get bottle service everywhere I go. Exactly. Dude dude gets bottle <laughs> service. my birthday. Dude gets bottle service when he goes to Starbucks, like, randomly. <laughs> so, dude comes out in a white jacket. <laughs> you ask for that Ciroc, Mr. I don't even make it. Just give me the bag of coffee. That's it. You ask for that Ciroc <laughs> vodka, Mr. Batista? We got it right here. Thanks, man. He pours it into his Frappuccino. <laughs> he thinks he's extra manly. Pouring, pouring Ciroc in his, in his in his caramel macchiato and shit. Like, yo, come on, dude. That should just be his gimmick. Like I said, Hollywood Batista just extra swagged out. Like he needs to come out with that stupid ass cab hat that he wears, medium ass jeans, a pair of Kanye West sneakers, just talking shit, and a chain wallet. And a chain wallet. Yes, the, the chain wallet is wearing key. Wearing a tight ass wearing a tight ass shirt. Gotta wear a Latigra shirt. Nah, dude, he's gotta, he's gotta come out with a, he's gotta come out with a Smedium members only jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just just extra young. With a name belt buckle. With a name on a belt buckle. Oh, but the name belt. Blue Tista right there on his belt buckle. (laughs) Hey, wait, wait, wait. The name belt buckle has to be those, those belts that have the glowing marquee that you could change what they say. Like a scrolling thing that just says Blue Tista. Hashtag Blue Tista when he comes out. Extra Hollywood. Extra ignorant. Deal with it. Deal with it. That's it. Just scrolling deal with it. Like Chris Jericho glowing jacket that says deal with it. Three personal assistants. Ah, just amazing. Amazing. Dude, he's spraying hair on his head. Just like, oh, it looks great. It looks natural. Don't worry about it. Just go. Dude, comes out with an airbrush, with an airbrush jean jacket. That has Drax the Destroyer on the back. <laughs> Super airbrushed. 
Dude, dude's rocking the wig. Maury's wig's working. Gale Force wins. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm good. Hey, do you like Bosley? Uh, we too can help you with your hairline. <laughs> Look what they've done to my face. Oh, it's fantastic, dude. It's like, it's like, dude, dude. Like I said, Paul Heyman got a better hairline. It's like, yo, Batista, just shave the shit off. You'd be all right. You know what the best part is? The best part is that, you know, he walks backstage like, yo, man, this is my third action figure. <laughs> <laughs> he walks around with like a little Drax the Destroyer in his in, a, in his bag. In two weeks, dude, dude, you know he's got Louis Vuitton luggage and he's got a little Drax the Destroyer action figure. Look, this is the prototype. And but he, you know Triple H is like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> and he's carrying a teacup Yorkie. You know he's he got, got one in his hand. Like, Can you hold Killer for me? Seriously, <laughs> but um, let's get took a poke head out. Let's get let's get into Raw because otherwise. Out. Otherwise, we'll be clowning Batista the whole night. But um, <laughs> Raw Raw was pretty much WWE Payback Part Two. Um, a no-brainer match: RVD and Sheamus taking on Cesaro and Bad News Barrett, which of course led to the inevitable uh, Bad News Barrett being left solo since Cesaro pretty much dipped out. And um, a couple of things I liked about this match: we got to see Wade Barrett almost break out Wasteland, and uh, the crowd went mild for that. And um. <laughs> <laughs> and, everybody didn't everybody almost got off their seat yep they're like almost. uh they're like wasteland nah chill <laughs> but um you know <laughs> it it kind of sets up cesaro feuding with bad news barrett which i have no problem with and um you know sheamus is still in the mix so who knows maybe maybe title unification perhaps maybe possibly that's the last thing we need yep i because think about that's it we need one less title yeah, but but think about it. Cesaro turns on Bad News Barrett. Bad News Barrett is one of your champions, feuding with Sheamus, and then all of a sudden it's like, what? Huh? Oh yeah, let's unify him. Fuck it. Like, uh, oh yeah, that's what we need now. Less titles. Yep. That's what we gotta do. Damn it, less <laughs> titles. Good Barrett Cesaro feud because it's like those days. Like, they're both technically supposed to be considered heels, but the fans love them. So putting them to in a in a rivalry will make for something interesting, a change of pace. Well, we yeah, go. I always thought that was cool when you always see like the high, you know, the heels even getting at it with each other. It's like I like it just that. Shows you that there's no band of brothers nope. within there. Look, we don't. I'll kick your ass even if we're supposed to not like you. Whatever. Well, I like that. I gotta I gotta talk about Damian Sandow's um, gimmick. And I actually put this in the in the ridiculous section of the three R's this week. And I'll tell you why. Because, yeah, it was ridiculous what he did, just pretending to be a, an African-American basketball player. But the best part is that Damian Sandow does it with such fucking conviction. Like, he's like, I'm going to sell the shit out of being a black basketball player. I'm going to sell the shit out of it. I'm going to make it so believable that you're going to think I painted myself black. That's how real it is to me. Like Damien Sandow's like, yo, next week we want you to go out and we're gonna want you to promote this and you're gonna come out go out dressed. You're gonna go out next week dressed like a snork, because we wanna promote snorks the movie. Not a problem. <laughs> Let me get the ball rolling. Which color snork do you want me to be, guys? The red one? I kinda like the blue one. Whatever you want, Damien. Go ahead. It's like next week we want you to go out at the honey badger and challenge Adam Rose's bunny to a match. <laughs> like that's the kind of shit he does. Like, like, like. Damian's gonna be your manager. 
And the worst part is they used it as a segue to bring back the big show, which, again, the crowd goes mild. It's like, well, it's the... <laughs> like, that's what it was. As soon as that riff hit, it was like, lights out. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> you know? And it's like, you knew what was oh. happening. It, it was crazy. And the big show, oh, I dunked this ball. Ha, ha, ha. It's like, did you break your knee in the process? Because you're like 428 pounds. Don't hurt yourself, homie. I don't, don't. I, I'm wondering if he, if Damien is actually doing it like tongue in cheek or like if he's like legitimately like pissed and like, look, I'm just going to go out there and just be a dick and just be where, wherever I am at, that's who I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going to be dressed up like the state of whatever I'm in. Fuck it. Well, I think, I think, pissed I am. I think part of it is creative. Part of it is just like, hey, you're going to go out there and be dressed as Davy Crockett. And you know, he probably, you know, the Davy Crockett thing was Vince's fucking idea. You're going to go out there dressed like Davy Crockett. Vince, I don't think our demographic knows who Davy Crockett is. Damn it, put on the furry hat. <laughs> you know, like, like he's like, he's they like, dude. New York, he's like, he's the Statue of Liberty. And it's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> really? <laughs> Dude, Damien not even Damien. not even the Come Statue on. of Liberty. He's wearing the, the the Statue of Liberty costume from Liberty Tax Service. Who's <laughs> <laughs> gonna spin the sign? Yep. <laughs> Dude, that, that, like, that's like, it. Oh shit! Like that's what it is. Like like I like Damien Sandow. I, like I said, I put it in the ridiculous of the three R's this week, but it was because it was just such a such an asinine and silly segment. But his conviction, that motherfucker, he's like, yo, I'm ready. I am ready. And the fact that he blew. Billy has a cheesesteak vendor. Dude, he blew on the big show's face, which was ridiculous. Like, I, <laughs> you are a grown ass man. And you're just like. <sighs> it's like, really? Really? You are blowing in a, in a seven foot tall guy's face. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, it, like I said, you gotta, you gotta applaud him just for, for running with, for running with it, you know? Can you imagine they get the lineup and he just looks at what's going on and he sees the lineup and says, uh, act four, Damien Sandow comes out as Lance Stevenson. He just goes, fuck me. <laughs> really? Yep. <sighs> Fine. Let me go do my research. Fuck. Yep. Like he's going, he's like, all right, Lance Stevenson, what do we know? Google images. <laughs> like he's like, he's like, shit, that's all we got. It, he's you a know. method actor. He goes, he goes to Brooklyn. He hangs out in Brooklyn for a couple of hours. Oh yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah, I think I can nail this. It's fantastic. So we go from that to Kofi Kingston getting the official job this week. Uh, courtesy of Bo Dallas once again. The crowd was, again, mild as fuck. Nobody cared. <laughs> Bo Dallas is like, I'm going to Tebow. Thank you. Thank you, our Lord and Savior. I'm like, all right, we got it. It's like, fuck, just put him with the Wyatt family. Let him wear a button-down shirt till he loses, like, 10 pounds. Again, dude, I'm not the smallest motherfucker in the world, but if I get paid a certain amount of money to look a certain way, I'm not going to get that Doritos Locos taco this week. <laughs> really, he's really like being embraced with the fact like why work out get over like this fuck it i get over like this I'm, fuck I'm, the it, man, I'm, I'm the man of the people that's it spare uh, uh, uh fucking spare tire sam no problem <laughs> ready to go <laughs> ridiculous ridiculous then of course i gotta be relatable if i'm gonna be a motivational speaker that's it i gotta i gotta be i gotta be special bro you're next like, bro, you're next. He's got a Krispy Kreme. He's like, oh, fuck, let me eat this fast. Shit. Are they coming now? 
He's like, he's like, hey, make sure, you know, he says to Bray, Bray's in the gorilla position, like, good luck, bro. Hey, can you make sure they save me some of those vegetable egg rolls that they got? Those are really good. Bray's like, will you get out there? Come on, man, do me the solid. Fuck. Rowan, go back there and grab my brother some fucking egg rolls, please. Just put, just put it to the Put it to the side next to next to his, his double stuffed Oreos. Just oh, it it's fantastic! Side. You you know how I, you you know you know Bo Dallas follows my Instagram under a pseudonym for all the junk food shit I share. <laughs> <laughs> He's like those guys at my take radio. They sure know how to eat. <laughs> but um, he's got like the double stock Dunkin' Donuts coffee mug. Cause seriously, he needs to believe in Isaac Yankum. Oh you're, my, you're right. Those teeth are real. Dude, bo bo leave in some teeth whitening. Fuck, buy some buy some mouthwash and whiten them motherfuckers up. Don't they tell? Didn't anybody tell you like yo when you go in front of a hard camera, shit looks extra terrible? Like those yellow teeth, dude. It's like yo, how is it that when you smile, it looks like it looks like Mac tonight's moon? <laughs> it's like it's like it's like it's like he smiles and the moon's in there. It's Mac tonight. I'm like yo, don't don't smile. Don't fucking smile, yeah. you fucking daylight, night, moonlight motherfucker. Stop it. It's just like a whole bridge of lemon heads. Just like <laughs> it's a whole mouthful of banana runts. <laughs> 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 fucking terrible, dude. Poor bastard. Then, of course, then, then we get uh, the Stephanie McMahon obligatory segment, which, of course, John Cena has to come out and interrupt because, you know, he's the hero. And, um, wow, Slick says Bo Dallas has Spongebob in his mouth. Woo! <laughs> All right. But, um, Stephanie McMahon comes out. She actually plays the heel boss better than Dixie Carter hopes to play the heel boss. So it, it was okay. You knew it was going to be the inevitable setup with John Cena facing the Demon Kane. Everyone take a drink. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute! You didn't. We we failed to mention the whole Stephanie thing at payback. No, because did that she, was did she was dressed as a rubber exercise ball. Dude, no, her, did she piss herself? No, she didn't piss herself. It was just the lighting. Sat on that big ass stripe on the back of her dress. Yeah, it was. It was the lighting and the style of that dress. Those are strap. Those are strap dresses like, that that starlets wear. The problem is that since Stephanie McMahon's ass is pretty much as flat as this bottle of Poland Spring I got, it doesn't really do anybody any favors. You know, it's like, it's like, yo, you know, you know, what's terrible. You know, it's really bad. This Ryu action figure has more ass than Stephanie McMahon had in that dress. Look, look at it. Look at that tush. Look at it. See that? That's a tush. That's a tush on that action figure. No, no. She, she's walking around. It's like, yo, where does your back end? <laughs> like, yo, it's like, no, you, you don't, you don't got it like that. Maybe you asked Lana really for some style tips, but it failed. It failed. See, really? I just want to know who told her that dress was a good idea to wear on public TV. Well, because uh, she saw some starlet probably terrible. wearing it. You know, wardrobe was probably like, hey, you know, um, Gwyneth Paltrow wore this dress. She looked great. That's because Gwyneth Paltrow has money, possibly ass implants. You know, it's like, come on. Stop it. I blame Batista. I blame Batista. <laughs> oh, Batista picked the dress like, out. Hey, what do you think of this? I think that's great. You got to see what I'm coming out with tonight. Now, he, just took, like, she, he took shreds of her dress to put around his arms. Dude, her dress, her dress and his like, ring gear were the same color. Wait, let me see that real quick. Her dress and the ring gear were the same color. You know he picked it out. <laughs> He's like, hey, that matches my ring gear. Don't tell Hunter, though. Oh, that's great, Dave. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! But you know, it, it was you know the Stephanie McMahon segment was all right. It was it was you know angle advance. The whole they looked at each other. They went, "Oh, girlfriend, we could be a tag team." Hey! Yep. Oh my god! <laughs> Jay, Jay, backstage segment. They come in, walk into the same rooms. Like, well, one of us is gonna have to change. Yep. <laughs> Fucking horrifying. But um. Yeah, the the John Cena and Kane segment, you know, it was it was it was a match we've seen a thousand times with the Demon Kane. The only good thing was John Cena getting into the habit of hitting people with the steel stairs, like yo, fuck these steps, <laughs> just just throwing them <laughs> at people. Move of doom. That's that's his brand new move. They're like, John, we want you to do something that shows off your strength. How about I hit him with the announce table? No, 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 too extreme. Just hit him, just hit him with the steps. And I like, I like, I like that he, I like that he actually strains to pick up them steps. It's like, dude, stop. You deadlift like 600 pounds. I've seen you do it. Those steps are nowhere near. It's like, dude, those steps are nowhere near that. Stop. It's like, why are you straining? And he's like, it's like, dude, you, you deadlift that you deadlift mini Coopers. Like, what are you doing? Pick up the steps and fucking hit him with them. Thank you. It looks just as believable if you hit him with the steps. He said, listen, I can hit him with the ring if you want. I'll pick up the ring and I'll hit him with it. It's like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It's, all, it's we'll okay, John. We'll save, we'll save that for WrestleMania. No, no, no. What, 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 if I, for now. what if I take Ricardo Rodriguez, wrap him in styrofoam, and hit the guy with him? No, John. No, you can't do that. Can't. Can't. But Ricardo Flavors, you might break your back. Yeah, and you know Ricardo. Big Show did the Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Could do it with JBL. I that, promise, I can do it. That's it. You know Ricardo Rodriguez is like, hey, I'm down. <laughs> Wrap me up. Let's do it. But, um, three NBA, three NBA and the Matadors had another fucking shit fest of a match. Not even gonna, not even gonna acknowledge it because it was shit. Nikki Bella took on Alicia Fox and Exana in a handicap match that was a whole lot of handicap and a lot less match because it was shit. It's like, it's like who told Exana that she's remotely good in the ring? Who said that? Someone lied to her. What? Because she's from Lithuania? Can you even find Lithuania on a fucking globe? She hey. can't even find Lithuania on the globe. Thank she's you. From there. There you go. Oh, Lithuania, part of Russia. And and you see just Lana chime in. No, bitch. No. No. <laughs> not from the same place. Nah. Nah. See this? Russian. You? Not so much. It's like you're you're the chick that gets smuggled across the border to dance at the strip club to pay my cousin. <laughs> Like that's what that's what we do with you, me, you, not from the same place. Chill. <laughs> that's, I thought it'd been cool, like if Alicia Fox would show her real craziness, she'd have tried to pin Oksana. They're like, wait, 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 wait. now you're fucking losing it. Like, it, yep. let, just go with it. That match was a throwaway anyway. Just be a real ass, dude. Uh, uh, you want to get Alicia Fox over? Just have her come out and be like, I brought little Jimmy with me. Oh, everybody go crazy, <laughs> little Jimmy. I thought that was our truth's friend. Well, now he my friend. <laughs> you see all, all stank, extra, extra diary yeah, of a mad I black woman. It. Thank you, little Jimmy. Yeah, thank you. Thank, I want to thank little Jimmy for giving me the motivation to come out here and perform for you guys. Just her being extra belligerent and crazy. Fantastic. No, instead we get Adam Rose and Jack Swagger for the third time. But Adam Rose at least looked good in this match. Zeb Coulter looking extra, extra racial grandfather extra it was it was i just want know. to hang out at bars i want to go to bars with him and just hang out well who is like just wait for him to just with, with zeb coulter and just wait for him to have like that fourth or fifth beer 
and just start talking and just let the <laughs> profanities just fly. No, I, yeah. I can't wait for that one. You know what I want to do? <laughs> I'd like to go to like a college campus in a real like 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 in the middle of Texas with like Jack Swagger and walk into like a keg party. Because he'll be like, who wants to get drunk, bitches? Big Jack does the big hosses here. <laughs> Comes in with that big hoss track jacket, looking like a true douchebag in Central Texas. He's, He's the- already naked by like 9.30. Come on. <laughs> you know Jack Swagger watches Varsity Blues. on the head on the roof. The yeah. party starts at 10. He's already naked by 9.30. It's like, Jack. Slow down. Dude, you know Jesus. Jack Swagger. Jack Swagger watches Varsity Blues on constant loop. He's like, Coach Kilmer was the fucking man, guys. He was the man. I love you, Bud Kilmer. I love you. You know that. Jack Swagger. I want that life. I want that life. <laughs> That's it. Jack's, dude, Jack Swagger was was what um Scott Kahn played in Varsity Blues. He was tweeter. Just running around. We going to get naked. Uh, we going to have sex with the gym teacher. Jack, Jack, you've been out of school for like three years. Nah, nah, nah. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. Nah, Jack, chill. Chill. You know, he's like, Zeb, come on. We got to go to to the homecoming. There's a lot of young chicks. There's Jack. Listen, I am a grandfather. <laughs> I'm a grandfather. Keg parties are not the move, Jack. Come on, Zeb. Damn. He's in his own garage by himself looking at his glory Glory days pictures. Oh, dude. <laughs> you know, dude, like he's he's, flying into the sleeve of his varsity jacket. <laughs> dude, he puts on the varsity jacket, butt ass naked, like 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 Buffalo Bill. I'd fuck me. Just him in a varsity jacket with his nuts tucked between his legs, just looking real extra weird. <laughs> Zeb walk- in the bucket. Zeb is like, we got a match. Shut up. <laughs> I've had my matches. <laughs> Fantastic, dude. Like, like seriously, like, Ze- like Jack Swagger looks like a dude that, like, in his college days was a problem. Like, he was just like, what did you say, boy? Did you look at my girl the wrong way? Nah, Jack, we good. We good. Don't make the big hoss slap the shit out of you. Nah, we good, man. We good, big hoss. We good. It's full match, dude. <laughs> He's walking through the house, high-fiving people on their forehead, like being a real dick. <laughs> He's the, Who got the jack? Yeah. That's it. Dude, you, you, know, you know he goes, his dad's walking out of the house. He puts a kick me sign on the back of his dad on his way to work. His dad's like, come on, Jack, you're 32 years old. Dad, still funny, though. Still funny. Zebra's Zep- in a car driving to the next venue going, Shh. had to do another kegger, huh? Yep. It's like every. I tell you, you bastard. That's it. Every college town they stop at. Hold Jack Swagger's head. He doesn't get vomit in it. Oh, dude. Every college town they go into, they're like, "Now, Jack, Jack, don't go, don't go to the dorms, Jack. Come on, man. They won't know I. They'll think I'm a student. Jack, chill. I'm Adam Rose's bus. Let me in. Let me in. It's like Adam Rose. Don't lie to me. Dude, Adam, Adam Rose lets him in. He's like, nobody touches my lemon. <laughs> just yelling at him not to touch his lemon. Just, just insanity. Anyway, the Usos and the Wyatt family went in, went in, went in the right column on the three R's. I definitely needed the Wyatt family to get over. And how about that promo? That opening promo from Harper was ridiculous to set up that match. Dude was, channeling his inner Bray Wyatt, super creepy backwoods rapist 
It's like I was like, I was like, you know what? This is why I say these guys they don't need the belt. They don't need any of that. Just let them go out there, kick ass, rape their fucking victim, and then leave. (laughs) Like let them just do what they have to do. We're gonna make you squeal like a pig, boy. No, 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 no. Just seriously, like that's like that's you know, like any moment that any moment that boom knife is gonna come out. Oh, like, dude, you know it. Now, now we're gonna really have a party here, son. That's it. <laughs> you gonna be my Ned Beatty. <laughs> but and then the worst part was like the Usos were being extra hood. So it was super insane. It's like, I don't know what they put in the, in the Usos Kool-Aid. Like maybe they got off the phone with their dad and they got extra hype. They're like, yo, we gonna go out there and we go, you so crazy. I'm like, oh my God, here we go. Here we go. It's not bad enough. It's Somebody not bad. They were watching like bamboozled before the promo. Oh, dude, like, you know oh, they were. No, they were like, you know, don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. They watched that on loop. I got JTG from Pet Talk. Oh, you know, he's still employed. JTG walks up. He's like, yo, 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 yo. What's up, Jay? Have a good match, fellas. <laughs> Dude, it's you know, the like BTG, like they're like listening to cr- old the old crime time theme, just crying in the back. Oh, dude. somebody will talk to him. Well, it's all BTG's doing. Yeah, the Usos were extra hood. It was funny as hell. It, it was, it was, it was only as good as an interview I read where Batista used swag in an interview. You know, he's good. He got that swag going on. I'm like, what? Huh? What? Oh, like Jack Swagger. Oh, dude, it was. It, you, you know, they were like. He said the word swag and people are like, huh, what, what, who? I think it was the interview he did with, with Rosenberg from Hot 97. I think he said swag there because he was like, yeah, you know, uh, the, the guys is good being on the road with them. You know, they good dudes. I'm like, oh, my God. Just, just and him. But you standing there. He's going, what do you yeah. think we put them sleeves on? YOLO, dog. <laughs> I said, YOLO, kid. You know what the best part is? <laughs> The he's Usos. Like, Brian is real cool, but his his outfits is mad ratchet. Like, what? <laughs> oh. The Usos are sitting back there oh, listening listening to a brand new like Wiz Khalifa mixtape, and Batista just walks by. Yo, I picked that up last week, man. What what the fuck just happened? <laughs> uh, just tremendous. Anyway, the Usos is making everybody uncomfortable because you know like the N word is about to be dropped. Oh, you know like, that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> hey, 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 not back here, fellas. Not back here. Use that shit at home. You know, Vince chimes in. Use that shit at home. Not here. Come on. Somebody could be listening. Nah, we good, Vince. We good. You know, they give Vince dap as soon as they come in. What's up, dog? Yeah. And I'm glad somebody noticed it, too, because like it, it, it's like they took the 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 factor of of whatever jolly juice they were on and they kicked it up on the notch because they hand motions were yep. even extra they were hopping around it was like it was, what the hell happened to them dude it was it was so good because the usos you know what it is like usually they try to control their hood they try to keep it under wraps they're like john go over there and cut the promo with these motherfuckers before they t- they start talking about eight ball jackets <laughs> and high tops <laughs> you know that's it <laughs> They're like, yo, chill, chill. You know, if they start talking about Colt 45 and, you know, picking up blunt raps, like, we, can't, we don't, we don't we want to deal with them. We yep. don't have, no, no, they're not sponsors. That's it. Are you supposed to be Samoan? Yep. 
So I got to talk about the ridiculous from Monday Night Raw. How did Dolph Ziggler lose to Del Rio for a slot in the Money in the Bank match? It is the Money in the Bank match. It is Dolph Ziggler bouncing around like a fucking ping pong ball. How did that happen? You know, you know, the only way that this is actually going to resonate to have me like have it be validating for me is that Dolph Ziggler actually fights everybody to get into the Money in the Bank. He loses all the matches except the last one. There you go. That's the match he needs to be in. Like, I don't get it. Yep. Yep. So he needs to fight everybody every Monday until that last slot and he wins it. Because it's, I, that was probably the worst thing I, I saw in Raw so far this year. Yep. I was like, I don't, I don't, I never understood it. Dude, you know what would be great? He go, he go, Del Rio's walking by. Dolph Ziggler's like, yo, come here, come here. He walks in and all of a sudden you see the, you see dudes in green jumpsuits put a bag over Del Rio's head and it's the spirit squad. <laughs> be fantastic. <laughs> Dolph would be like, thanks fellas. We got you, man. We got you. Kenny. Mikey. No, no. That's it. You know it on this morning. Oh, I would like to see is, is, is Dolph call over Del Rio and he's like, yeah, I got to speak to you for a minute. And then he goes, Holy crap, La Migra, La Migra. And Del Rio starts running out of Oh, my God. And Ziggler's like, well, I guess I'll take his spot in Money in the Bank. Dude, he, he yells that, and all of a sudden you see somebody run down the hall with an INS jacket, and the camera pans out, and it's Zeb Coulter, and Dolph Ziggler gives him a 50. He goes, thanks, man. With three big German shepherds. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. We, so, we got you, Del Rio. We got you. That's it. So Ryback and, and Curtis Axel took on Goldust and Sin Cara. Obviously, Cody suggesting partners to Goldust is going to end with Goldust continuously losing and Cody finally saying, here I thought it was me, but it was you. And that's going to probably be the, yeah. the catalyst for their feud. And and I have My no problem is, with that. How did they not choose Booker T to be his partner? It would have been good. It would have been good, but I think Booker T's not trying to do that. He's too busy with his hair looking like an Egyptian statue. During, during, it's like, it's like, yo, why, why do you have hair like Anubis? Like, what are you doing? It's just a big ass bun, big ass top knot on the top of his head. I'm like, Booker T, what do you, who told you that was cool? Who said that was a good idea that you rocking this big ass top knot? It's like, are you, you going to draw fucking hieroglyphics on the wall? Like, what are you doing? Is there a picture of you inside a pyramid with that hairdo? I just want. I just want to walk past and be like, hey, book, how much for the incense? $10, $10. Incense. Oh, shit. <laughs> Tremendous. Tremendous. But seriously, and then, you know, poor Sin Cara, it's like, dude, you just, you just got the job. But I will admit, Ryback and Curtis Axel are growing on me because those guys look like they're having a good yeah. fucking time. Like, Ryback just doesn't yeah. even give a shit. He's just like the big guy. And then, you know, he moves his mouth like a hundred <laughs> different ways and just freaks people out. I'm, I'm telling you, you could tell that like, Dusty got a, a hold of him and say, like, listen, here, look, who cares what anybody's saying? Just go out there and have fun with it. Yep. Look, you the big guy and you just per Mr. Perfect Son. Whatever. Just have fun <laughs> with it. You got to go out there and live the dream of the common man. The common man just <laughs> wants to be the big guy. That's all the common man wants. <laughs> common man just wants to be the don't big have, guy. <laughs> don't have hard times. Have good times. Remember that. That's it. Just giving him like a pep talk. Look, look, Curtis, I know your dad is dead, but you will always be perfect. <laughs> Cody's looking at him like, 
great fatherly advice. I've never gotten that, but thanks. Yeah, exactly. He's like, see, this is why I can't fuck with you, Dad. You know, that's what Cody says. This is why I can't fuck with you, Dad. Oh, my God. Where were you when I was putting paper bags on people's heads, Dad? Where were you? So... I gotta, yeah. I gotta Wasn't say it this. You who suggested that I wear the face mask was you, right? Yep. <laughs> Didn't you want me to wear the big gold wig, Dad? Didn't you think that would be a great thing for my career, Dad? <laughs> but no, like, like seriously. Here's, here's where, here's where things got crazy, and I didn't even bother to put this in, in the column for this week. It's the fact that Rusev gets an award, nobody interrupts it. It just happened. Can anybody explain to me? The Russian mafia in the ring, dude. He got the (laughs) dude. It's like it's like Rusev gets an award. Nobody interrupts it. Nobody says shit. They're just like, yo, let the big dude get his little medal. I'm I'm trying to look at the at at the segment. I'm like, all right, maybe somebody's gonna interrupt it. Because come on, every time these guys do win celebrations or any of that shit, you know the interruption is imminent. It was just like, yo, we're gonna give Rusev this award, uh, because we can. I was still waiting for Nikolai Volkov Seriously? to come out and let him sing the anthem. I was waiting for that part. But you, you, it's true. Like, he done sat there and whipped everybody's ass. They should have all just came in and just tore it up. It just gave him something like. <laughs> I told you. True, uninterrupted. It's like they gave him the award and the employee of the month at the deli goes to <laughs> Rusev. <laughs> Rusev Koslaw. <laughs> Rusev roast beef, and he just comes out, gets his award and shit. I'm like, I'm like, nobody's interrupting this. Yeah, dude, it's like nobody's interrupting him. I'm like, yo, how is nobody interrupting him right now? Nobody. I'm like, some something is amiss. Oh, dude, it was crazy. I'm like, yo, how's nobody interrupting him? Nobody. It was just like, nah, Rusev, we're gonna give you this award. Um, inside the envelope is a gift card for Golden Corral. Oh, Rusev, thank you. Thank you very much. Lana, let's go. Okay. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, man? But, um. You want cheese? You want cheesesteak? I make. Rusev make. I make. I yep. Make. Rusev makes sandwich. <laughs> Rusev makes sandwich. So, before we wrap it up, of course, with the biggest angle, uh, known to mankind that pretty much put the internet on blast. Uh, Slick brought to my attention a very, very am- amusing photo from the pay-per-view I wanted to share with you guys. Take a look. Oh, hello, Big Dave. You're ready to go. <laughs> you big blue fucking smurf, you. <laughs> we will we will miss you, Dave. We will miss you. We will miss you. Have fun. That's it. Oh, kill him. <laughs> anyway. So I figured out a way around the um the YouTube situation. Let's see if um this works. So look at Triple look at Triple H's face. He's like, the fuck did it to us again? Yeah. <laughs> so this is how Raw. Randy, you said you were gonna tell him not to pull this again. Sorry, so, man. <laughs> so Raw ended with Triple H unveiling his Plan B. Obviously, I'm not gonna play the audio because WWE will probably get pissed off. So. Allow me to provide color commentary for this. So here we are, Triple H walking down, sledgehammer, aka extension of his penis in tow. Uh, Randall, Randall's like, I put on extra baby oil for this segment. Check me out. And Triple H is like, look, I got this hammer, but you know, I'm not going to fuck you up with it because it would imply that I'm hitting you with my dick. So 
Instead, I am going to tell you guys about my plan B. There's my plan B. Dean Ambrose is like, all right, let's get ready to fuck this guy up. We going to wreck shop. Really? We are? Nah, kid. Nah. Seth Rollins with the chair shot. Look, Roman Reigns fell like somebody just told him that his dog died. Ambrose is like, fuck, that was supposed to be me swinging the chair. Shit. I guess I'm not getting the heel turn. So I'm just going to run into you and get cracked with the chair. Like so. Rollins just whipping that chair like a champion. He's like, thank God I don't got to dress like a reject from the SWAT team next week and I can wear a suit and tie my hair real nice. This is for you telling me that this would be a good look, Dean. Fuck you. Fuck you again. Hold that. And that. Roman, this is for you telling me my vest was too small. Dean, this is for you telling me that these cyber tech boots were a good buy. Take that. CrossFit is legit workout. There you go. CrossFit. That's it. So... Triple H is like, see, Randy, now we got a little bit of color coordination here. He likes to wear black. We like to wear black. It's all good. He's young. He can fly around when you don't want to fly around. It's great. It's good times. Roman is like, shit, I got to sell this ass whooping. Let me just roll over real quick. Ah, that's better. Dean Ambrose is like, come on, hit me again. Come on, hit me again. Do it, do it, do it. Do it, do it, do it. Hit me again. Thanks. In his Joker voice. That's it. There you go, a little curb stop. That's it, hit me, hit me. That's it. (laughs) Rollins is like, yep, architect of the shield, bitches. Ready to go. Let me just uh, grab this chair. Maybe I might hit him again. Maybe not. So, as you can see, Seth Rollins turned on his shield brothers and um, aligned himself with Evolution, which... I honestly thought was going to be Ambrose doing it or the big swerve after Reigns got beat like a slave. Reigns would turn on them and join Evolution. WWE truly surprised me. Look at that doofy motherfucker with the Jericho jacket. Listen, dude, it doesn't work. Somebody lied to you. And I'm talking about you. You right here. Oh, allow me to give you this chair, Randall. It matches your trunks. Randall's like, well, I'm going to go in there and do something mildly interesting. As you can see, the crowd has zero fucks, zero fucks to give. They're not even cheering. They're just like, yeah, it's my birthday. Look at my sign. Hold that, Roman. Hold that. I told you the last brownie was mine and catering. I told you. Told you. Told you. That's my special brownie. That's it. You ain't tripping now. That's it. How's that feel now, baby girl? How's that feel? Just, just serious chair ass whoopings from, from Randy. I'm like, can I, can we get a punt? Nah, another chair shot. It's all good. Look, why did Roman Reigns pop up like somebody was going to tell him that dinner was ready? <laughs> oh, we're going to show Roman Reigns his chest. Ladies, get ready. Get your, get your five second pose ready because you know, nothing says morally ambiguous sport like ripping a guy's shirt off to beat him like a slave. Yup. There it is. That's it. We're ready. Because nothing, nothing emphasized the beating more like ripping the shirt off, which I didn't understand. Made zero sense. Oh, Roman, I'm going to RKO you. I need you to sell this. I need you to sell this. All right, dog, I'm ready. I'm ready, dog. Come on, hurry up. You're cutting off my circulation, Randy. Come on. Oh, Randy's got to, Randy's got to make sure it's, it's set up. We got to zoom in on the scars. Oh, and there's the RKO in the crowd. Once again, goals mild. Look at that crowd. Look at that crowd not doing shit. You'd think they were in Japan where they where the silence is a show of respect. Not a fucking thing is popping. 
They were performing for a crowd of blind people. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's like, yo, are you serious? Triple H is like, yeah, there we go. Color coordinated. We all got black on. We all got black. Next week, Seth, you don't got to wear that. Triple H with his black and blue eye. That's it. <laughs> Seth, next week, you don't got to wear that stupid-ass fucking thing where the buckles dig in every time you do an aerial maneuver. We're good now, see? We're good. I get rid of that blonde. We can't, we can't have that here. No, no, One no. Color. No, no, no. You got to keep the blonde so you don't look too much like CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> Rollins is like, yes, there it is. Management finally recognizes how awesome I am. There you go, ladies and gents. Is this a, promo- is this a promotion? There you go, ladies and gents. And that now was breaking up next week. And that was some off. That was off color commentary from yours truly. You're welcome, world. You're welcome. Seth, I hate to be the one to tell you, but we're downsizing next week. Yep. <laughs> we have to get you off this year. We're going to kill you next week. That's it. Seth, next week, you're going to get hit by a bus. Fuck! He's going to run you over next week. I'm sorry, next week, done. You would have survived if you had your vest, but, you know, no shield anymore. That's it. Which I was going to say before, I was going to say, he, there's no way that he goes beyond two weeks part as evolu- uh, part of evolution. There's no well, way. Evolu- I think... Evolution and this year are going to be done by by SummerSlam. Well, here's here's Even before that, I think because he doesn't fit the model, so I'm figuring that Triple H does the whole Randy Orton I mean, thing. It's like we used you, and then now we abuse you and get, we get could, to the to the wolves. I got I got three ways this can go. Number one, Seth Rollins comes out in a three piece suit, looking like he should be on Boardwalk Empire, and all of a sudden everybody thinks that Seth Rollins is a badass. Number two. Seth Rollins can go into the match with Triple H and Randall at the pay-per-view against Reigns and Ambrose. And then as the pinfall's about to happen, fooled you. And it was all psychological warfare from the Shield. Rollins never really quit. And they just put the, the, the final nail in Evolution's coffin. Or option. I don't know, man. They, that, they sold that ass open like he meant it. Oh, yeah. And but, then you know what? option. I, it's th- funny that the boss says that because I was thinking the same thing. And it kind of works for me because although everybody still wants to have this Triple H cerebral assassin thing going on, yep. But it does give you that notion of the changing of the guard. Right. They already got them over with the clean sweep at the pay per view with the right. uh, for their match. So for them to say that they outfox the, the 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 man himself, yep, actually puts them way over the top. So I like the way that one comes out. The only other option is. That, oh, three-on-two handicap match at the pay-per-view, all of a sudden, the Shields music hits, and halfway through the match, when it looks like the Shields about to lose, we get a brand new member. CM Punk. Yeah, see, you, you took the word. Get out of here, fucking CM Punk. If anybody's gonna join, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucking Sami Zayn. Cause Sami Zayn is Daniel oh, Bryan. I say that, cause I, that, that's the one that I, I, when I, that was the first one I envisioned that yep. would take the spot. Because Sammy, Sammy would be perfect for there. Yeah, because Sammy. I put my money on Ziggler. No, no, no. You got to use a new guy because if you turn any guy that the Shield had already beaten up, it would look weird. The Shield came in as an unknown entity, brand new guys from the roster. You know, as long as it's not Mojo Raleigh, we're okay. Oh, God, no. You know, but if it's, but if it's like. <laughs> Sammy Zayn, it would look pretty badass. Like, oh shit, you know? Like Sammy's I want to see Seth come out next week in the suit, but it's like the suit that 
Batista's not wearing. <laughs> like, that's what saves. You put that one on. <laughs> so it's like two sides, like two, three sides are too big. You can't see his hands through the sleeves. Oh, it's fantastic. So it it has a blue sleeve hanging out the pocket. It's like, oh, did he leave that in here? Yeah. You guys oh, goofed on Batista for his stuff being tight. Look how Seth looks in it. That's it. <laughs> But um, yeah. So I I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind seeing Sami Zayn get the call up. That would be a great way to do it. Plus, you know, you can still have Ambrose be the mouthpiece, and then you know Zayn is as athletic and as agile as Rollins. So you can do a lot of those cool maneuvers with those guys. Maybe come up with a new three triple team finisher, and it would you know yeah, the, no and 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 seeing how how Sammy's like not having such a good uh right. turnout in NXT, you know, this would be like the perfect place for him to just go fit right in and and it'll be that he'll be that guy that everybody knows but doesn't know. It'll be the good fit for him there. I like that. The only other guy and and it's and you and you guys will probably think I'm crazy for even saying that would be Tyson Kidd. Yes, you are crazy for saying that. <laughs> I I are. am I am crazy for saying that, but think about it. You got a guy he he's he's a great he's a great technical wrestler he's a solid aerial wrestler and it would be a great shot in the arm versus putting him under a mask you know yeah but it's still it's it's still like one of the things like you said that it's just like one of the guys who's already on the roster although they didn't they didn't um take it to him it just doesn't have that same natural feel that it would be if Sammy did it. Right, but then somebody online was like, oh, it's going to be a returning Evan Bourne, and I said if the Shield come out with Evan Bourne, they're going to get laughed out of the building. Oh. It's like the British... It's like the British... It's like the British Bulldogs and Matilda. It's like, come on, don't do that to Evan Bourne. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let, let, leave it alone. No. Zane is probably the only guy... Unless they want to go in a whole other direction and make it like Camacho. But the problem is that I remember him coming out with the lowrider bike and I think other people will too. <laughs> maybe maybe add a little a little bit more. Dean and Roman Reigns are still coming down through the aisle. Yep. Camacho's coming with the He's the coming bike. through Dude, he's wearing he's wearing a, a camo vest instead of a regular vest. You know, he's coming out on the lowrider bike. Roman's like, dude, you gotta come down the stairs. Nah, kid. Low riders, we gotta Yo, come Lutista, out on low riders. Lutista said Corey Graves will fit the uh, look. True. Which it, that that actually works as well. That might be a better look as well. Corey Graves does fit that that whole idea. There you go. It's funny because he he said Corey Graves would fit the look of the shield, but he can't wrestle. You know what? When Roman came in, <laughs> Roman couldn't wrestle either. Now nah, let me stop. Let me stop. That's true. It's <laughs> true though. So let's get into the other wrestling news for the week. Um. First bit of news is that Triple H was saying that they're going to do another uh, NXT special that's going to be going on either at the end of the summer or early fall. No problems with that. Paul Heyman revealed that he was looking for either a new Paul Heyman guy or a new Paul Heyman girl because he said that he signed Cesaro he after Paul Heyman tag team. A Paul Heyman tag team would be good. I I I would honestly probably go with Aiden English and the other guy as a as a good tag no, team. But Aiden- yeah, but Aiden can't come up with that gimmick if he's gonna be with Heyman. There's, he can't. He can't do that gimmick. Blutista says Cena could join the Shield geared up. I think the world would collapse on itself if that happened. If all of a sudden John Cena came out in all of, black SWAT I hear vest, millions of TV turning off at the same time. 
The only way the only way it would work is if John Cena got to wear the wolf ski masks that they came out. Yo, man, we go come out with the wolf ski mask, man, like the Marines. John, you're not really a Marine. Come on, man. Work with me here. <laughs> Just give me one more. Give me one more chance at it. One more chance. Seriously. I'll make it I'll go the padline chain and everything, man. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> But, you know, it, it's weird that they're talking about Paul Heyman always looking for a Paul Heyman guy. It, I think it would be an interesting twist if he if he brought a, a diva into the fold just because it would freshen up the diva's roster. It would add somebody new. And again, Paul Heyman can breathe life. Paul Heyman can breathe life into a dead body. He can breathe life into that division by managing a, a, a female performer. Like, I would honestly have liked to have seen, um, oh, man, what the hell's her name from Ring of Honor that's training now? You know who I'm talking about, Jay. Um, she's Cesaro. She's Cesaro's girlfriend. She trained. She's she's the trainer in WWE now. Oh, uh, um, uh, was it Sarah Del Rey? Yeah, no, no. Sarah Del Rey. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sa- yeah, Sarah yeah, Del Rey. Sarah Del Rey would be a good Paul Heyman chick. <laughs> no, she, no, it's true. Yeah, or since they just got Victoria back, get her in there. That's at least you know she could work. Yep. Or if you want to swerve was, everybody, a returning awesome Kong. Oh, yeah, that that'll be cheating though. I mean, <laughs> that's just like, come on, you brought in a ringer. But still, hey, a worker's a worker, <laughs> and she's not exactly she's not exactly five stars on the mic. So fuck it. Anyway, <laughs> mo- moving on. So everybody was all up in arms because Ric Flair was supposedly coming uh, coming back to TV as a regular character. As it turns out, he has not passed his medical tests, which they conducted saying that he was dealing with a blood clot in his leg. Translation, please, we don't want Ric Flair to die out there. Let's just make sure he's okay. Shocker. Yep. You're going to let a guy wrestle who walks five who walks five steps and falls flat on the stage. Yep. You know, I don't think he's good. Yeah, I think, I think it's all good. So... It's, said, Listen, we don't want we don't want Rick getting naked before the bell. That's it. In the back. So Charlotte, pops. I ain't touching him. He has no clothes on. That's it. <laughs> I ain't touching him, Charlotte. Put the robe on your father. He is naked. Nah, kid. Nah. I dealt well, with this enough at home. Sounds like my childhood again. Yep. That's it. Dad walking around in the feather robe, butt ass naked. I remember those days. <laughs> but um, it's the robe and the bell. That's, that's it. it. So uh, making breakfast like that again, Dad. Ugh. Woo! You want bacon, Charlotte? Woo! <laughs> but um, so Jay, Jay, you'll the love this. Waffles in the game. <laughs> the dirtiest waffles in the game. Yes, Jay, you'll, you're gonna love think, the fact. I, I think John got the the line of the night. That's it. <laughs> Jay, you're gonna love the fact that MVP suffered a knee injury two weeks before the pay per view. Yes. Yep. Yes. Just, just so we're aware, and we don't know if he'll be able to compete at Slammiversary against Eric Young in two weeks. Just, just floating yeah, that he out was there. Still able to go to Amsterdam. Oh yeah, yes. of course. Balling out, kid. That's what happens. You don't need, you don't need to be walking. You don't need to be walking to get some high class Dutch hookers. Oh, good. He was running. He was running the streets with Chris Masters. You know, Chris Masters was carrying MVP around in the master lock. Yo, I got you, kid. I got you. I got you. You're buying. I got you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, in, so, in some other TNA news, it looks like, Jay, you may want to go to this. They're going to be filming Destination X here in New York when they're here that last week of June. Oh, 
thought it was one that they were going to do because they're coming back in August. Nope. Destination X is the 27th. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to figure out a way to get tickets for that. Yep. And the um the last bit of wrestling news again WWE doing the right thing according to the Wrestling Observer uh the WWE has been aiding DDP with the rehabilitation of Jake the Snake and Scott Hall WWE has been quietly putting money into the effort which is described as a daily battle for both superstars the company's been uh paying people with experience in rehabilitation to help out both superstars uh Jake Roberts has been uh helping out Bray Wyatt with a lot of his work. Uh, very, very tragic stuff. You know, you got two super talented guys just dealing with the demons of, of drug and alcohol abuse. It's insane that these guys are still fighting these demons, especially a guy like Jake the Snake. I'm sure for Scott Hall, it has to be hard too because his son is a pro wrestler and his son probably is, is just looking at what his father's going through. And I'm sure he's very, very apprehensive about, you know, it's one of the things they've talked about a lot. That his son, they go, oh, you know, you should go to WWE. And he's like, listen, I want to do Japan. I want to work the independence before going to WWE. And I think part of that is because I think it's easier for him to keep an eye on his dad. So it's just it's just a crazy set of circumstances. But I got to commit commend WWE for doing, you know, doing the right thing for those guys. Also DDP, because like he 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 he's been doing this for not only the wrestlers he's doing he's been doing this for even uh, you know yep. uh, regular people he's you know his yoga and his his treatment has been well well received by the by the rehab community and I commend him for that for putting together such a good plan yep it's it's crazy though because it's like you never want to wake up and 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 read you know ex wrestler died or uh, you know and and guys like Jake Roberts especially a couple of years ago and and Jay you know this a couple of years ago it was like Jake Roberts you know it's a matter of time you know that's how crazy it was mm-hmm. now it's like the guys the guys close the guy is so close but the tragic thing too is that a lot of guys that clean themselves up and this is insane and knock on wood I hope that doesn't happen but a lot of people that clean themselves up end up dying which is crazy yeah that is so big mm-hmm. you know so I just, again, I commend the WWE for what they're doing, but it's just a crazy turn of events. Well, there you go. I just, I just brought everything down to Depressionville. <laughs> um, <laughs> that brings a conversation to a I was having a good time. Hulk. No, but, but I really it, wanted to throw a zinger out there, but like, hey, I didn't want to look too much like a turd. <laughs> well, no, it, it's like, it's like, you know, you read that and then you go, damn, it's like Jake the Snake was just at the Hall of Fame thing. And then you start thinking like, fuck, this guy's dealing with drug problems. And then, you think about what happened with the Ultimate Warrior, and that, and that's what I mean. Like, yo, I don't want to see these guys going to Hall of Fame and then start dropping. That's what that's what trips me out. And like the WWE, they're doing a lot. I was reading that they're also offering their superstars like scholarships to go back to school. Like they're trying to take care of these guys because they know that every time one of these guys dies, they're the first company that gets brought up. And that's that's the crazy part, you know. It's like WWE now they got to teach their wrestlers about money management and financial planning, which they said they're doing. Because a lot of these guys, their their careers are on a on a limited on a limited time schedule, and there's other guys that are lifers. And and I always said you never like you never know what these guys actually make. Like you hear, you know, like right. uh, Kaepernick is making this amount of money now, and LeBron makes about that. You never really know unless you dig to find it what yep. a wrestler's worth or what they're making. So like you never like you don't know what expenses they're doing because they always seem to stay that low key. Right. But like you said, a lot of them are like hard partying and they have all this stuff that goes on because of their schedule. So they need to have that kind of you know that that education of of 
you know, how to stay on the right track. And that's, and that's the thing, you know, the NBA started to do it. Uh, the NFL does it just getting these, these rookies ready. And that's the thing. Like imagine, imagine being a, a rookie in NXT, you're, you know, you're getting paid a couple of bucks, but at the end of the day, you're, 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 they tell you, Hey, you're getting called up to the main roster. It's like, as soon as you get on that main roster and you're like, yo, we're going to go on a tour in Japan, you're going to be like, Oh shit, I get to meet different types of girls. You know, like, like that's what it is. And then it, it's like, Oh, we're going to go, you know, to, to Ribera Steakhouse. And it's like, nah, I can't go there. I'm just going to go to this massage parlor down the block. <laughs> and that, and that's, and that's what I mean. I've heard like, about this massage parlor. Exactly. So listen, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want a beef. I want to get someone to touch my beef. Exactly. You know what I mean. Well, that, you know what happened? They said that that was one of the concerns calling Paige up to the roster because they didn't want to bring her up to the roster. So she should, till she turned 21. Cause it's like, yeah, we don't want to be on a road. This chick gets, you know, gets like, get, gets high or gets drunk or whatever. And some shit happens. And then it's like, oh my God, you let a kid go on the road with you guys, you know? Oh, please. They didn't want her on the road because they didn't want a salivating Batista around her. That's oh, what I mean. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Paige. I was, I was wondering. You know, he's like, yeah, he's like, Paige, I, I, I got a screener in my room of Guardians. I was wondering if you wanted to come check it out. It's got a talking raccoon he in it. He puts his arm around the- <laughs> he puts his arm around the shoulder and says, so, do you like the color blue? Mm-hmm. You want to come play on my action figures? I got oh. them, they're not even out yet. <laughs> He's like, so I got a new pair of periwinkle trunks. I was hoping you would tell me how they look. <laughs> you know he used that line on Kelly Kelly. That's how he got to smash. <laughs> oh, yeah. One word, periwinkle. That's it, periwinkle. <laughs> I, got, I got these brand new Louis Vuitton nipple clamps. Brand new, limited edition. <laughs> Gotta check them out. They're awesome. They're like, what? Oh, red bottoms. That's I, it. I got red bottoms. That's it. <laughs> uh, but, but, but seriously, it's like the, you look at the, at this roster and, and a lot of these young individuals that are coming up and, I, and they need that. They need, they need to know how to handle their finances because how many of these old school wrestlers, and, and it's funny because Blue Tista said it, you know, poor old school wrestlers. How many of these old school guys you see? at these autograph signings, like, yo, $25 a signature, and they just look all fucking annoyed and pissed off that they got to sit there for three hours to get a signature, you know, to sign a photo for a kid who may not even know who the fuck they are, but the dad wants the picture anyway. Go ahead, son. Go, ta- go take that picture with Hillbilly Jim. Dad, I don't know who Hillbilly Jim is. Shut up. You know? Hillbilly Jim was a man of the people. That's it. Hey, son. He's telling old goofy stories. Hey, I remember watching you at the spectrum, yep. and Hillary Jim's like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> exactly, <laughs> dude. Nothing, nothing beats. I was at Comic Con. Jerry Lawler was doing um art. You know, he was drawing art for for people on the line, and um somebody's like, "Hey, King puppies," and he's just like, "Fuck you." Like he was just like he's like oh he's like he's like thanks a lot jackass like he was just just like hey but like I never heard that one before exactly and that's and that's what it is that's what it is these dudes it's like maybe they they stacked their chips but maybe they didn't so you know they go they got to do the signings they got to deal with the twenty five people that tell them hey in that match where you were bleeding like a stuck pig, did you really cut yourself? Yeah, I did. You know, it's like, oh, come on. For the 85th time, I got to tell the story. <laughs> hey, can you put me in a headlock? Yep. Dude, it, well, well, you know what's funny? They told the big show, 
they told the Big Show he can't do that anymore. Like putting people on like the choke, like making it look like he was choking them. They told him he can't do that no more. So that's how crazy shit is. Like it's like Ric Flair. I saw Ric Flair at Comic Con. His autograph was seventy five dollars. Seventy five. I'm sure. Hey, Rick. Did he chop you in the chest while you had it too? Ex- exactly. It's like, hey, Rick, chop me in the chest. Sure, Woo! kid, no problem. Woo! Like a little five year old kid getting chopped in the chest by Ric Flair. His dad is super excited. <laughs> Thanks for chopping my son, Rick. And he takes his kid in the car. Kid has a like, welt the size of his arm and shit. For a hundred, for a hundred, you'd have got an autographed picture and a and a shot of Jack Daniels. You'd have been good with me. Shit, for a hundred dollars, <laughs> woo! For a hundred dollars, I'll put your son in the figure four. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's telling a lady, "Hey, you want to go on a ride for Space Mountain?" No, no, but serious. Do you want to go on a ride of space bond? <laughs> yep. I'm like horny as hell right now. Yep. Oh, uh, you know, you know, you know, Ric Flair is pulling the bad Santa, just taking big chicks into the locker room. <laughs> oh, he's doing that thing with his zippers open on his fly. Yep. And he's like, oh, look, my pen fell. Yep. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's I think I think that's a fitting way to wrap up the wrestling segment. <laughs> um <laughs> Wow, my pen fell. There you go. Woo! My pen like, fell. You shout woo into my phone. I want to make it my ringtone. Oh, dude. You know what's <laughs> funny? Bucks, kid. Diddy bucks. That's it. It's a, you know what's funny? When Pete Rose, Pete Rose had the table next to Ric Flair at New York Comic Con the one year I went. And it was funny because I watched people. Oh, shit. Pete Rose. How'd it feel to get tombstone by Kane? It hurt. And he signs the, the kids. He signs the kids photo and he signs it. I'm sorry, Pete Rose. I kid you not. He signs. He signs a lot of his autographs. I'm sorry. Oh man! Just just so you're aware of that little nugget of wisdom. <laughs> but um, uh, there you go. Anyway, uh, that's gonna sign his pictures of his. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. That's um. That's gonna wrap up this week's wrestling segment. As always, you can find uh, Jay Santi on Twitter at Jay Santi PSW. Uh, John Blade on Twitter as. John U. Butler. You can also find Jay Santi and John Blade on Instagram as well. Always sharing gems of wisdom, especially Jay Santi, who puts up wonderful, socially relevant photos of things involving rappers and people from world star hip hop. So that's always good. <laughs> Listen, we all have to stay up on our current events. Okay? Hey, hey, if there's one thing I want to know is why Day Day let Shaquita throw her welfare check out the window <laughs> and why classy man doesn't use media takeout exactly <laughs> exactly why did they why did day day throw out shaquita's check and why did why did lebron not lebron lebron beat up day day outside when the check hit the sidewalk make sure to see that on world star hashtag mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. hashtag <laughs> hashtag, mm-hmm. hashtag world star hashtag check hashtag um See you at the crossroads. <laughs> Hashtag first of the month. Yeah, you know. Anyway. Hashtag turn up, not turn down. That's it. Well, there you have it. All right, guys. Thank you for another uh, awesome wrestling segment. Thank you. Thanks a lot, boss. And let's I, get those face of the week, heel of the week shirts. Yes! Yeah, that, I, going. I, th- I think we're going to do that. I'm not even kidding. Get those shirts. Do wait. I think, I think it'll happen. I think Two it'll happen. years. Get out of here. All right, boys. Peace. People. There you have it. Jay Santi and John Blade. Make sure to follow those guys. John Blade at John U. Butler. Jay Santi at Jay Santi PSW.
W. So it is 10 to 2. Just a quick reminder that the Blog Talk Radio feed goes off air at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you can continue listening on Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com forward slash My Take Radio, or you can continue watching on mtrlive.com or gfqlive.tv. All right, let's get into this week's gaming news. We got quite a bit to discuss, and uh, we're going to try and avoid overtime this week. We'll see how it goes. Let's talk games, shall we? So a couple of things. First up, I got to give a shout out to Quark, even though he's not here. He wrote an incredible Mario Kart 8 review. Uh, Mario Kart 8 went into the record books this week, and I wanted to take the opportunity to acknowledge that you can check out Quark's review on MyTakeRadio.com for Mario Kart 8. Again, record-breaking game, well-received, and um, just a great coming-out party for Nintendo. Hopefully, the momentum continues going into E3. All right, so the gaming news for this week, uh, Telltale Games acknowledge that they will be releasing The Walking Dead and Season 1 of The Wolf Among Us on next-gen consoles. You'll be able to play both games on Xbox One and PS4. Of course, uh, the games will be available as retail discs for current-gen consoles as well, um, with the note being that the next-generation games will be available later this year. But if you look on Amazon, they are advertising um, The Walking Dead uh, being available on uh, September 12th for PS4 and Xbox One. So again, take that with a grain of salt if you want to pick up either one of those games for next-gen consoles. Uh, GameSpot did an interview recently with Strauss Zelnick from Take-Two, who actually shared that we will be getting a brand-new Red Dead Redemption and possibly a brand-new entry into the Bioshock series. So if you are a Bioshock fan or are counting down for another Red Dead game, you are in luck as both of those series will be making the jump to next gen so there you have it mark that down we will be seeing another red dead redemption and we will be seeing a new installment of bioshock it's been a week of breaking news before e3 and of course netherrealm pulled the trigger on the brand new mortal kombat aptly titled mortal kombat x or mortal kombat 10 and the video trailer the video clip that was shown uh, focused on, of course, longtime rivals Sub-Zero and Scorpion squaring off in an outdoor environment, utilizing uh, all the uh, all the different areas of the environment, much like Injustice Gods Among Us, to a soundtrack by Wiz Khalifa. Now, obviously, a lot of people were a little annoyed by seeing that, but overall, the gameplay looked pretty cool. I think that seeing as that was a trailer and not reflective of true in, in-game play, I will be watching it with much interest. I will say this. uh, The fact remains that Mortal Kombat has continuously improved on each console and each incarnation. I'd like to see what they do here. And if they're going to start using elements from Injustice, allowing players to interact with the backgrounds, I think it's a step in the right direction and hopefully will continue reinvigorating the franchise. The only thing I don't want to see is Freddy Krueger, Jason or Michael Myers in a Mortal Kombat game. Like I said, you can put a game similar to that in its own mythology and its own um universe and it would probably make you a shitload of money but again mortal kombat x will be shown at e3 and we'll probably get some character announcements as well so once we get more information as always we will share it with you guys on an episode of my take radio now we know uh, that originally we were 
uh, a little bit concerned about the future of Uncharted due to the departure of, um, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> excuse me, due to the, the departure of Miss Hennig, who, um, Amy Hennig, who was it Amy Hennig? No, it was not. Fuck, what the hell? Uh, why did I put these notes wrong? Anyway, yes, it was Amy Hennig. Sorry about that. Amy Hennig originally uh, worked with Naughty Dog for Uncharted. Her departure put a big question mark over the next Uncharted game. But you can rest easy in knowing that the guys from uh, Last of Us, the directors Neil Druckmann and Bruce Straley, will be taking over for Amy Hennig for the next Uncharted game. Of course, The Last of Us was incredibly well-received, and to see them replace Amy Hennig is maybe a step in the right direction, given the fact that The Last of Us was such a great, engaging, and visually impressive game. We'll see what happens come E3 if we will truly be seeing a brand-new Uncharted on the PlayStation 4. As always, if we get more news, we will share that with you guys. So... As I mentioned at the start of the segment, Mario Kart 8 went into the record books. Um, Quark's review definitely validated the broad appeal of that game. But here's a, a statistic that's going to blow your minds. Mario Kart 8 sold 1.2 million copies worldwide in its first weekend. So definitely a tremendously positive response for Mario Kart. Everybody's loving it. Everybody's excited. Hell, I want to buy a Wii U just to play it because I played it at Best Buy and it looked incredibly fun, extremely enjoyable. 90 so, seconds. Oh, there you go. The English lady said 90 seconds. Again, the Blog Talk Radio feed will go off air at 2 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can continue listening and watching live at mtrlive.com, gfqlive.tv, and of course on Mixler as well. That, uh... That audio was a little loud. Let me bring that down a bit. Anyway, so as I was saying, Mario Kart goes into the record books. It's definitely a, a great sign for Nintendo. And 60 seconds. We got it. 60 seconds. And, you know, I really hope that Nintendo's momentum continues into E3 because I'm really looking forward to seeing them get back in the saddle, so to speak, and give us some of those great titles that we're so used to seeing from them on a consistent basis. Again, like I said, Mario Kart 8, 1.2 million units. Definitely kudos to Nintendo for that. On the PlayStation side of things, and well, on the PlayStation and Xbox One side of things, Watch Dogs went into the record books as well as being the best-selling launch game for Ubisoft and being the number one selling game for in Ubisoft history. So definitely a solid, uh, solid debut for watchdogs a lot of great positive response but i've also been hearing some mixed reviews as well um our ten seconds 10 seconds we got it thanks anyway we you know slick has been putting in a lot of work with watchdogs it's a it's a solid game from what i've seen i definitely want to get into it i actually saw um and this is a little crazy but samoa joe tna wrestler samoa joe does streams on twitch and he was streaming some gameplay of watchdogs as well and um you know, the fact is that when I saw it, I was like, wow, you know, this game has many layers and Slick, of course, is working on the review. He's um, been putting in some time on the multiplayer side of things. So be on the lookout for his review. But overall, it's good to see Watch Dogs, a brand new IP, be received so well. I mean, it sold four million copies in its first week. It's the best selling week one game in Ubisoft history. Again, it's not a, 
uh, an accolade that is easily dismissed. So definitely kudos to Ubisoft for their work on Watch Dogs and be on the lookout for Slick's review as well. So looks like we're going to need to make a shift and a change on our calendars. As many of you know, Arkham Knight was a game that many people were looking forward to in October. October was an incredibly packed month of new releases. But as it turns out, it looks like Arkham Knight will be going into 2015 instead of being uh, instead of debuting in October. Of course, Rocksteady made sure to release a brand new trailer focusing on the brand new Batmobile. But unfortunately, uh, those of us that are super pumped to pick up Arkham Knight will need to wait till 2015 to fully appreciate it. I mean, you know, if you're going to if you're going to delay the game to make it better, I can't complain. So take that for what it's worth. And like I said, October was an incredibly cramped month for video games. So if you're going to if you're going to complain about it, understand that maybe it was better that it went into the other, you know, into 2015. Maybe it's going to have a more open release that will allow it to not compete against so many other titles that are scheduled to be released in October. There you have it. Uh, one game that a lot of people have been talking about, and this is a rumor right now, is a brand new remastered edition of Halo 2, which will be announced at E3 for Xbox One. Again, take that with a grain of salt, because as I've said, it's one of those rumors that has picked up a lot of steam the last couple of weeks, and it's a game that if it is announced, we'll be seeing in November versus October. I think October is going to be a very packed month for games, but I think November is going to be where things are going to get real crazy because it's going to be a brand new holiday season with both next-gen consoles out in full force. Again, we'll see what the deal is with that, but right now, again, with a grain of salt. The other game that a lot of people have been talking about is Destiny, which is supposed to be debuting on Xbox and PlayStation 4, but will also be debuting on current-gen consoles as well. Obviously, there'll be a, a difference in graphics, but um, next-generation console owners and current-generation console owners will be able to enjoy the game just the same. Obviously, there'll just be a difference in visuals. Now, Let's hope that they don't do like Titanfall where they release next gen first, then they hold off on current gen versions. Release all the games on the same day, let people pick and choose what system they want it for, and let the chips fall where they may. Because what's going to end up happening is you're going to end up pissing a lot of people off and um, segregating your audience more than you'd like. That's all I'm saying. Speaking of Xbox One, they they went out of their way to announce a brand new assortment of services and providers that will be joining the Xbox one library going forward. Tons of great networks are getting uh, showcased in a brand new Xbox one update. It's going to be 45 apps, which are going to be coming to consoles in new territories or just new consoles throughout the holiday season. Of course, HBO go epics, Twitter, uh, NBA, NHL stars, play, Sci-Fi Now, FX Now, NHL, Watch ABC, and Showtime will be on Xbox One. In addition to that, you will be getting Comedy Central, Crunchyroll, Encore Play, Fright Flicks, The GoPro Channel, iHeartRadio, K-Drama, Movieplex Play, MTV, Popcorn Flicks, uh, Sky News, Target Ticket, uh, USA Now, Vivo, VH1, and Vine on the Xbox One. Xbox 360 owners are not going to be left out. You guys are going to get Filmbox Live, FX Now, K-Drama, NHL, Sky News, Watch ABC, Watch Disney Channel, 
watch Disney Junior and watch Disney XD. Now, of course, a lot of people are going to complain about this overabundance of apps, but you got to ask yourselves this. How many times have you turned on your consoles to watch Netflix? If it's more than a handful of times, then this is going to be the trend going forward. You have to remember, we're going beyond your consoles just being consoles. They're becoming centerpieces of your home entertainment center and as such are going to get all the different perks and services that you would get if you were a cable provider. I think it's a it's a it's a solid step and it's allowing people to just get the most out of their system. I mean, I never bought a standalone Blu-ray player because I owned the PlayStation 3. Never needed to buy one because the PlayStation 3 got the latest updates, had the latest Blu-ray codex, and as soon as Blu-ray 3D Blu-rays became the norm, it it upgraded to that version of the software and it's never failed me since. Now, obviously a lot of people um have a different school of thought in that regard and they like to have a dedicated uh Blu-ray player for their films. I used to be that way, but I realized that I got tired of having so many different black boxes on my shelves um that all did the same thing. I mean, I have that now a lot of redundancy because obviously everything plays Netflix or everything plays Hulu or HBO Go or etc, but um you know, I just, there's definitely a lot of redundancy, a lot of overlap between all the different consoles. So if Microsoft is going out of their way to offer a bunch of unique program offerings, especially with their snap feature, which will let you watch a, a TV show or launch an application next to another application, I think it's okay. It's not the, the worst thing in the world and it's not like the service is going to go up in price. So if you don't want to use the apps, don't, but I think there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be happy to hear that HBO Go is coming or people that are hardcore sports fans getting, you know, uh, Major League Baseball or the NBA or NHL. So it again, consoles are going beyond being boxes that play games. And this is going to be the trend going forward. So we might as well embrace it and enjoy the fact that we're going to get access to so much unique programming on our consoles. That's all I'm saying. So. WWE 2K15 is in the news this week. I know a lot of you guys, especially Jay and some of our wrestling fans are huge WWE 2K fans and they really want to see the series on next gen because they want to see how how much of an improvement the the games get graphically plus what other features they are going to include. Well, according to what they're going to be doing, they're going to utilize a career mode similar to NBA 2K14 where you can create a wrestler or use an existing one and rate and go through NXT as a rookie, get to the main roster and become WWE champion. So a lot of NXT talents will be appearing in WWE 2K15, including guys like Adrian Neville, Charlotte, Sami Zayn, and Tyler Breeze. So be on the lookout for that. If you are um, an NXT fan, you may be seeing a lot more NXT on console, you know, on console versions of the WWE 2K series. So there you have it. I think it's a step in the right direction. I know Jay really wanted to see that and he is being granted his wish. Plus, I think it's a great opportunity for certain NXT standouts to be showcased in a game. I think Sami Zayn, Adrian Neville, those are guys that people will definitely play as. It's a no brainer. I'm not saying add the entire roster, but definitely add a couple of NXT standouts. Uh, guys like the Ascension, um, Sami Zayn, you know, uh, Tyler Breeze, uh, Charlotte, maybe Sasha Banks, a couple of your mainstays just to keep things interesting would definitely be a welcome addition. 
Also, they're once again going to feature 30 years of WrestleMania, and they're going to be adding, allegedly, Sting and, of course, Goldberg as legends in the game. So, of course, once we get more news on WWE 2K15, which is scheduled for release October 28th, we will, of course, share it with you guys. Anyway, that actually wraps up the news portion of the games for this week. I did want to mention, like I said, E3 is right around the corner. Um, I had hoped to get some of my fellow uh, gaming colleagues from a couple of other sites on board, but schedules did not allow me to get the people I wanted to. I wanted to get like Kevin Baird, a couple of, 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 of you know, of, of my gaming colleagues who I genuinely like um, on the show and really chop it up about E3. But I'm hoping that next week uh, myself, uh, our friends over at Royal Flush Magazine, uh, maybe Uriah from the show radio, we're going to start trying to drop some stuff for you guys, maybe try and put out some videos and some com- some commentary throughout E3 to discuss. Plus, I'm sure myself, Slick, Quark, and the rest of the MTR team are going to be sharing our thoughts on E3 throughout the week as well. Anyway, that's going to wrap up our gaming segment for this week. Uh, let's get into some entertainment news and take it home, shall we? I'm going to definitely need to either get a fan that's a little quieter or something because I think these hot lights are really upping the the temperature in this room while I broadcast. But that's a that's an issue for another day. Anyway, this week's entertainment segment is brought to you by superhero stuff dot com. Get uh, any superhero merchandise, T-shirts, uh, mugs, glasses, whatever you like. You're a fan of Wolverine. They got a dedicated section full of Wolverine stuff. You're a fan of the X-Men, same thing, Batman, Superman, all your favorite characters, tons of superhero swag, and best of all, we got a promo code for you. Radio 15 is good for 15% off the site throughout the month of June. Again, Radio 15 is the promo code if you want to pick up anything on SuperheroStuff.com. It's SuperheroStuff, all together is one word, uh, .com, and the promo code is Radio 15. It's going to allow you to get 15% off anything on the site. You want to go pick up that Batman onesie? Knock yourself out. You want to pick up a Wonder Woman t-shirt for your wife? Feel free to use our promo code again, Radio15. All right, so let's talk about some entertainment news for this week. Of course, the big news story in the Marvel Universe side of things is Josh Brolin being announced as the voice of Thanos for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and future Marvel films. Of course, Thanos is a huge, huge force in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he's been part of some amazing storylines, including Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity Crusade. He's he's always been a presence, especially when it comes to the to a lot more of the of the space storylines in the Marvel Universe. Uh, usually, always at odds with guys like the Silver Surfer, Adam Warlock, Drax the Destroyer, plus a who's who in the Marvel Universe. Anyway, Josh Brolin. Uh, very recognizable voice is, I think he's a great choice for Thanos. Thanos will be appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's not going to have a very pronounced role, at least not yet, but he will be involved quite a bit. Of course, this is all setting up for the inevitable, and a lot of people are saying cinematic debut of the Infinity Gauntlet. We'll see what happens when Age of Ultron 
uh, hits theaters next year and where they push that story. But Josh Brolin is official as the voice of Thanos. So there you have it. For those of you that are like me, fans of the Dragon Ball Z TV series, I was very, very pumped to hear that we were going to be getting a brand new Dragon Ball Z movie, uh, Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods. Now, I've been following this very closely. I was going to buy the Blu-ray, uh, get it imported through eBay and pay an arm and a leg for it. But I decided to wait in the hopes that maybe we'd be getting it here in the U.S. Well, I am happy to report that Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods will be debuting in the U.S. It's going to be getting a, a debut in theaters this August. So be on the lookout for that. And of course, it will obviously be released on Blu-ray as well. So if you're a Dragon Ball Z fan and you want to check out Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods on the big screen, uh, once we get some further information with regards to what theaters are going to be showing it, etc., we will try and share that information with you guys. I'm definitely pumped. Um, it's going to be airing on 350 screens throughout the U.S. and Canada. And again, once we get more details, we will definitely share it with you guys. I'm very pumped. I've seen a lot of video clips from that movie. It's really a return to form for Dragon Ball Z fans. Just the usual flying around, shit getting blown up, tons of great fights. As a Dragon Ball Z fan, it, it, it brings a, a smile to my face to see that. Just a return to the, to the Dragon Ball Z format that we all know and love. Hopefully it's as good as it appears to be on the YouTube clips I've seen. Hopefully I am not disappointed, but we'll see what happens again. Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods hitting the big screen in August. Once I get that info, I will make sure to share it with you guys. So switching gears a little bit, a couple of weeks back, we were talking about Friday the 13th getting a, a, a brand new shot in the arm as it returns to the big screen. And while everybody was pumped for it and people were talking about it, it seems that it's already been delayed. Originally, it was going to hit theaters um, March 13th, 2015. Now it looks like it's being pushed to November 13th, 2015. I still don't know what direction they're going to go in. I've been hearing um, found footage uh, style, which is going to yield a cheaper budget. Oh, excuse me. I've also heard... Um, that they're going to just go back to a, a reimagining of the series. Again, take it for what it's worth. Friday the 13th is something that has been misdone, you know, done poorly and incorrectly a dozen times. And at this point, if it gets remade, great. If it doesn't get remade, it, it doesn't bother me. I mean, I like watching the old stuff. I have my favorites. Uh, Friday the 13th part six probably is my all time favorite out of that series followed closely by the original Friday the 13th. I have a soft spot for Freddy versus Jason as well. So again, we'll see what happens. But as always, once we get the news, we will share it with you guys. On the small screen side of things, get your wallets ready. If you're a fan of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 1 will be arriving on DVD and Blu-ray on September 9th. The set, of course, will feature all 22 episodes plus bonus features. So You'll be able to watch the first half of the boring-ass season followed by the kick-ass half of the season all on one set of Blu-rays on September 9th. Again, I like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was cool, but that first half of the season before uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier was fucking plotting and bullshit as, as it could be. I mean, it really was. As much as people talk about, oh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is so good and blah, 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 it was okay. It didn't pick up fully until after the events of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Again, I commend Marvel for that, but it wasn't that great at the beginning. 
take that for what it's worth. But if you are a true fan, you can pick it up on DVD and Blu-ray September 9th. So box office wise, not a shocker. Maleficent kills it at the box office, earning $70 million. X-Men Days of Future Past got knocked to number two. A Million Ways to Die in the West was bumped to number three. Uh, pretty mixed reviews for that film. You can check out the review from our colleague, The Rightist, on MyTakeRadio.com and see if he agreed with what most people are saying, that the film was, eh, you know, the, the comedy felt forced from what I've been hearing. And it just, you know, Seth MacFarlane as a lead, it just didn't really resonate with a lot of people. I mean, I thought he was great in Ted. I'm not really a big fan of comedy westerns. I like western films. I mean, Unforgiven one of my favorites tombstone is on that list as well but um you know the the whole comedy western yeah not so much anyway godzilla dropped to number four blended was number five the neighbors was six amazing spider-man 2 dropped to number seven bringing its total to 192.7 million dollars million dollar arm was number eight chef was number nine and the other woman was number 10 so as I mentioned, X-Men Days of Future Past dropped to number two with $32.6 million. Its grand total thus far has been $162.1 million. But worldwide, X-Men Days of Future Past has already passed the $500, uh, excuse me, the $500 million mark for the worldwide box office, making it the highest grossing X-Men film out of the entire series. Days of Future Past, like I said, 500.2. X-Men The Last Stand, 459.3. The Wolverine, 414.8. X-Men United, X-Men 2, 407. X-Men Origins Wolverine made $373 million, followed by 353 by X-Men First Class. And of course, the original X-Men rounds it out by making $296.3 billion. Uh, excuse me, $296.3 million. As for the franchise as a whole... The franchise has generated to date $2.8 billion, billion with a B. <laughs> that's, that, that's, a, that's a very, very big chunk um, of X-Men money. And of course, they're going to keep cranking them out because they continue making money. And thus, they will secure the rights for the foreseeable future, preventing those rights from reverting back to Marvel. Take that for what it's worth. But with what I've been hearing about the Fantastic Four and Marvel I have a feeling that this stuff is going to be short-lived. That's all I'm saying. Dark Helmet said that he heard mixed reviews on Maleficent. I've heard, I've heard mixed reviews. Some people said that Angelina Jolie was great, but the rest of the movie wasn't. Again, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I, it, it looked very good, but it didn't look good enough to make me wake up and, you know, trek to the box office to see it. I'm definitely going to see it when it reaches, uh, DVD or Blu-ray. When it drops, I'll see it then, but, Going to the bo going to the theater, not so much. If anything, I kind of want to see Edge of Tomorrow, and I definitely am going to be seeing Transformers at the end of the month. But Maleficent just didn't jump out the same way as some of the other films have. But again, we'll see in the coming weeks when it's released on DVD and Blu-ray how it fares. Now, it wouldn't be a, an entertainment segment without talking about Star Wars. We actually got some Star Wars casting news this week. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o from 12 Years a Slave is joining the cast officially, as is Gwendolyn Christie, who plays uh, Lady Brienne of Tarth on Game of Thrones. Both actresses will be joining Star Wars Episode 7. 
A lot of people have been saying that Lupita would make a great Oz Ventress. Now, I don't know if that if that's the direction they're going to go in, but I do think she'd make a she'd make a, a very very solid dual wielding Sith. But again, we'll see where that goes. Uh, Gwendolyn Christie, of course, as Lady Brienne, has been tremendous on Game of Thrones. I'm curious to see what kind of a character she's going to be playing in Star Wars Episode Seven. Of course, she joins uh, original Star Wars cast members Harrison Ford. Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew, and Kenny Baker. So there you have it. Two brand new additions to Star Wars. Lots of footage has been leaked out. Uh, lots of pictures of Tatooine and, and lots of set photos. A lot of people are excited. I'm pumped. I I, I love the Star Wars films. Even the cheesy uh, prequels were okay. I mean, they weren't great. Don't misunderstand, but... They, I had, they're a guilty pleasure for me. I mean, the, the last one was the best one, in my opinion, uh, prior to, of course, the original trilogy. But again, it has its, its detractors. I don't hate them. They were, they were solid. They were okay in my book. That's all I'm saying. This should come as, this next bit of news should come as no shock to anyone, but it involves Edward Snowden. Now, of course, Oliver Stone, known for making, uh, such great films as JFK and countless other movies will be bringing the J- the um, Edward Snowden story to the big screen. Of course, uh, Oliver Stone has done JFK, Nixon, W. So I wouldn't be sh- I, this doesn't shock me in the least. I do feel that the Edward Snowden story is definitely something that would be interesting to see on the big screen because it's just a very, very interesting story. Uh, people are very divided with regards to his contribution uh to the to the world's history with regards to the NSA and and being spied on I do think that his story is is very is interesting enough that it would make a jump to the to the big screen and people would tune in to see it so we'll see how that goes I'm I'm definitely curious to see what Oliver Stone does with it considering how good of a job he's done with films like I said JFK Nixon and W as well So we got some brand new Marvel news for this week, and this is a film that I really didn't think would get a director right away. I figured that Marvel was dealing with the Ant-Man fiasco, which, by the way, they still are. Um, And that is Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange officially has a director now, and that is Scott Derrickson, who directed Sinister. Doctor Strange will be part of Marvel's next phase, and there is a rumor floating around that they are looking at Jared Leto to possibly play the role of Doctor Strange in the Marvel Universe. Not sure how I feel about that, but considering that Leto recently won an Academy Award for a Best Supporting Actor in Dallas Buyers Club, it would definitely add some serious credibility to a film about a guy named Doctor Strange. Again, we'll see how that pans out. We do know that Scott Derrickson is on board to be the director. Not sure about the Jared Leto casting, but again, once something becomes official... I will definitely share it with you guys. Now, a couple of weeks back, I saw a lot of press going around for Jupiter Rising. Now, of course, this is the brand new film from the Wachowski, uh, Jupiter Ascending, excuse me, brand new film from the Wachowski siblings. I got to get used to saying the Wachowski siblings versus the Wachowski brothers. Anyway, Jupiter Ascending has been, was getting a lot of press. Everybody was curious to see um, if this would be their next Matrix um, with Channing Tatum on board. Uh, yes, Slick did preview it. Thank you for reminding me, Slick. That's, that's how crazy it is that you previewed the film. 
I read some press about it and then I forgot about it totally. And I think the majority of people did as well because coming soon is reporting that the film has been delayed and moved to February 6, 2015. So even though slick previewed it a while ago and there was tons of press about it, I'm sure it's going to be forgotten just as quickly because now the film's been moved to February 6, 2015. So slick, I think we are going to need to repost that <laughs> at the start of 2015. I think we got to repurpose that content so that people can remember that that film is still happening. Anyway, it's weird. Like I said, that things are being shuffled around so much. It's happening with the games. It's happening with movies. I mean, it's becoming very crowded. Plus there's so many big budget films coming out that I think people are just trying to find niches where they can actually make some decent money. And considering how much money has been said to have gone into Jupiter Ascent, uh, Jupiter Ascending, I do think that they need to strategize correctly. Otherwise, they're going to end up with a John Carter-sized dud. Now, before anybody jumps on board talking about John Carter being good or bad or whatever, uh, the film was one of the most expensive films to date from Disney, and considering that it didn't make even a fraction of their money back, it's, it's, in, it's an incredibly... Uh, scary time for science fiction films. I saw John Carter after months and months and months of making fun of it. I actually sat down and watched it and I really did not hate it. It grew on me after a couple of viewings. You know, you're thumbing through your cable channels and all of a sudden it's on and then you watch half of it and then you thumb through again a couple of weeks later and it's on again and you watch another half of it and then you finally realize, fuck, let me just watch the whole thing. That's what ended up happening with me, and I, I really didn't hate it. It wasn't it wasn't the greatest film, but I didn't hate it, and I do feel that poor promotion definitely hurt that film. Uh, Jupiter Ascending, if it's, mis if it's handled incorrectly, is going to end up the same way. Because this is a film that's... Um... Huh. Look at this. Slick says, budget $250 million, box office 284 very very interesting because everybody seems to to be of the of the mindset that that film did not make back you know was not profitable for disney based on the statistics that slick is sharing per wikipedia i i think that's not the case again obviously uh slick says john carter was not a dud it profited worldwide it did not do well domestically yep that's that's understandable. See, now this is this is the thing, you know, being profitable on a worldwide scale is something that obviously gets people talking right away. But again, you're you're not going to say that the film didn't make back its money because based on the numbers Slick is showing me, it did. So very very weird. I'm I'm just concerned that a film like this like Jupiter Ascending is going to fall into that same category where it's going to be well received internationally and it's going to bomb here. I hope that's not the case. Like I said uh, earlier, Slick, I think we're going to definitely need to revisit that in 2015. And some other Star Wars news, you know that obviously besides Star Wars Episode 7, Disney is looking to do separate Star Wars movies as well that are going to be standalone features. Uh, Superhero Hype reports that Josh Trank... Uh, is involved to direct a standalone Star Wars film for Lucasfilm and Disney. Of course, Josh Trank, we know, did Chronicle, as well as the Fantastic Four for 20th Century Fox. He joins Gareth Edwards uh, on the list of directors who is going to be doing Star Wars projects not related to the new trilogy. 
So there you have it. Um, a brand new addition to the Star Wars director pool uh, joining J.J. Abrams and Gareth Edwards is Chronicles Josh Trank. So there you have it. Now, as we were talking about Maleficent earlier, I should have mentioned that Disney's going to try their hand at a live action Beauty and the Beast. This seems to be the brand new trend just going in that direction, bringing live action adaptations of Disney favorites to the big screen. Uh, there's already room, you know, the Jungle Book, which everybody's been talking about, Maleficent, and now Beauty and the Beast with Bill Condon directing. That will be joining Cinderella and the Jungle Book as Disney features that are making it to the big screen. Now, like I said, Maleficent has made a pretty sizable chunk of money. I'm always concerned when you're taking cartoons and converting them to live action features because sometimes the magic that's seen in cartoons is lost with actors on, you know, on real sets. I think that animated features at times just bring a different set of, you know, a different set of emotion to the big screen. Not sure how it is with Maleficent. A lot of people were saying that Maleficent suffered from that where it was a lot of character development, but the story just did not mesh well with live actors. Again, I'm going to reserve judgment till I see the film, but they will be doing, like I said, a live action jungle book, which I've talked about Cinderella and now beauty and the beast. <sighs> Unnecessary sequels. How about snow white and the huntsman Two? It looks like Frank Darabont from who of course did the Shawshank redemption. And one of my favorite films, the mist will be involved in bringing the sequel Snow White and the Huntsman 2 to the big screen. Of course, the original film, besides breaking up Rupert Sanders' marriage, continued to reinforce that, um, you know, it, it really, really reinforced the fact that Kristen Stewart is just a terrible fucking actress. But that's besides the point. It looks like they are looking to get the movie ready for 2016. Chris Hemsworth will be returning along with Kristen Stewart. And it looks like he will be starting work on Snow White and the Huntsman 2 after he is his commitment to the Avengers Age of Ultron is completed. So there you have it. Snow White and the Huntsman 2 is heading to the big screen. Now, the next bit of news I am incredibly happy about for two reasons. One, it's nostalgic for me Two, um, getting a brand new remaster of both of these films is definitely on my to do list. Uh, number one is Ghostbusters, which will be heading back to the big screen uh, this summer, um, August 29th, as a matter of fact, to celebrate its 30th anniversary. Of course, this is going to follow with a Blu-ray release of Ghostbusters 1 and Ghostbusters 2 on September 16th. So if you're as big of a Ghostbusters fan as I am or an 80s baby, those are the two dates that you got to mark on your calendars. Uh, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 heading to the big screen. August 29th, hitting over 700 theaters, 30th anniversary edition, fully remastered, and of course, heading to Blu-ray in September. Glad I didn't buy it when it was released the first time. Anyway, you're going to get a Ghostbusters music video, 10 deleted scenes, a brand new featurette, a featurette on Ecto-1 that's going to be on the Ghostbusters uh, uh, DVD and Blu-ray on Ghostbusters 2. They're going to have brand new deleted scenes. Uh, some music videos, and of course, a roundtable discussion with Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd. So there you have it. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, mark those days down on your calendar. And if you are, were on the fence about picking up Ghostbusters on Blu-ray, maybe it's better that you wait and pick up this brand new 30th anniversary edition this summer. 
and well, hit see it in theaters this summer, pick it up on DVD or Blu-ray this fall. Another film that this film, uh, very near and dear to my heart, just because um, I watched it a lot of times with my mom. It was it, I read the books because it was so good, and that is Forrest Gump. Love Forrest Gump. Read the first book. Read Gump and Company, which was the second book. Uh, can you believe that this film is celebrating its 30th anniversary? Uh, they're saying that Paramount will be releasing Forrest Gump in IMAX, which is going to be ridiculous. In addition, of course, there will be a special remastered edition, which will be probably released on DVD and Blu-ray. Of course, um, actually, nope. Uh, no, 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 not 30th. Sorry. 30th anniversary Ghostbusters, 20th anniversary Forrest Gump. Got my my notes a little a little confused. So 30 years for Ghostbusters, fuck, I'm old. And 20 years for Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump heading to the big screen in IMAX. I'm probably going to go and buy it strictly for nostalgia purposes and just to feel like a like a big ass emotional wreck <laughs> just because it brings back so many fond memories. But again, love the Forrest Gump film, love the books. Uh, Gump and Company is a like I said a favorite of mine. I have it in b- both books on paperback. And if you're a Forrest Gump fan, it will be in theaters this summer um, being re-released, like I said, in IMAX. So there you have it, guys. Um, With that said, that's actually going to bring our entertainment segment to a close. And with that, of course, it is also going to bring this week's episode to a close. So let's take it away, shall we? Actually, uh, yeah, let's wrap this up. You've just heard My Take Radio, episode 231, for Thursday, June 5th, 2014. If you have any questions, concerns, or would like to be a guest on a future episode of My Take Radio, drop me a line via email mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can also hit up our feedback line, 347-815-0687. That's 347-815-0MTR. If you don't want your message played on air, please make sure to specify that when you leave it. Otherwise, you can find us on social media. Let's start it from the top on Twitter at MyTakeRadio, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MyTakeRadio. You can follow our boards on Pinterest. Just look for MyTakeRadio on Pinterest. Now, if you're a Google Plus user, you can add us to your circles on Google Plus. And if you want the best MyTakeRadio experience, Pick up the official MyTakeRadio app available for Android, iOS, and Windows devices. For Android, the Amazon Marketplace is where you want to go to pick that up for $1.99. For iOS, of course, you're going to head to iTunes. And for Windows, you're going to head to the Windows Marketplace. Otherwise, you can listen to archive shows on Stitcher Radio. You can subscribe via iTunes or use your podcast catcher and get it from whatever other source you choose, including TuneIn Radio as well. We really would appreciate that if you're getting the shows on Stitcher or iTunes, you take a moment and review the show. We would really, really appreciate it, and it would help us get more visibility in our rankings as well. If you want to contribute to the success of MTR and have a part in helping us grow, you can follow our Patreon campaign, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash MyTakeRadio. You can also find MyTakeRadio t-shirts on MyTakeRadio.com, including our Buried T-shirt, our Brawling for Boobies T-shirt, and other MTR shirts as well. On behalf of myself, Slick, Quark, Blade, Jay, Andrea, Josh, and the rest of the MyTakeRadio family, oh, and of course, Ben, and the rest of the MyTakeRadio family, I will catch you guys next week. 
As always, thank you for tuning in and your continued support. I am out of here. Peace. All right, music-wise, I figured we are going to go out with, uh, what are we going to do this week? Once again, one of the few things that I fuck up preparing is outro music for the show. But I think we're going to go out with some music from our friends at ocremix.org, and it's going to be, uh, we're going to go out with Super Street Fighter Force Time to Oil Up by Pixie Tricks and Zircon. Available at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. Thanks for listening, guys.